Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. All right, good to go. Matt McLeod, McLeod reminds me of Tom Cruise in an action flick. I do? Your Wait. last name. Uh, in an action flick? You know what's funny is I've been spelling it M-C-L-O-U-D. Dude, it's all good. For a long time. I know you. Until I tried to, oh. I was writing a post and then, because I write it in Google Docs first. So and then I in my head, I say McLeod. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I know how to say it, but like in my head, I'm like, it's McLeod. And then I spell it right. Yeah. It's McLeod, right? Yeah, it's McLeod. Yeah, okay, you say good. McLeod. I was like, whenever I, whenever I met somebody at, uh, whenever I went to New York City to meet up with uh, Jordan Syatt and Mike Vacanti, there was a dude who came up to me and I was like, hey, my name's Matt McLeod. He said, oh, Matt McLeod. He's like, that sounds like a movie star name or something. It's just, yeah, it's dude. the alliteration. It's the, yeah. it's the Eminem. McLeod is like, it is very much a movie star, action flick, Mission Impossible type of me and me and Tom Cruise and also Brad Pitt have a lot in common, so I can see how that that is. You're gonna uh, mix, dude. Yeah. Oh, you're a, hey, Ben Affleck. Are you excited to be Batman? Am I excited to be Batman? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do a great job as Batman. Actually. What's that movie? Um, he's like, if you're white, you're Ben Affleck. <laughs> What's that movie? I, I he's like, know. I'm not Ben Affleck. He's like, if you're white, you're Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. All right, Tropic no Thunder or something. I don't know what it is. All right, so here's the question. Austin, you're flying home tomorrow. Monday starts training. You're going to get back on stage. Training's going to get dialed in. Diet's going to get dialed in. Everything's going to get dialed in. You got to... Is maintaining your pro card a thing? You have to maintain it now at this point? Fortunately, to maintain... Is that a question or a statement? Kind of a question because I don't know. Because you have to... At at some point, it's kind of like a CEU for a a certification, (sighs) right? Like at some point, you have to maintain it. As far as I know, they don't care, um, but I can tell you firsthand that you will not place well, uh, no matter how your physique looks, unless you are competing multiple times a year, every mm-hmm. year, okay, or at least once a year. Got it. So, like for example, my last show in 2016, it's the best I've ever looked in my life, and I got not only dead last, but I got dead last of the dead last because. <laughs> They only give 16 places, even if there's 32 people. So you can be, you know, 16th place, but 16th of the 16th places, right? Yeah. So you can be, you can get super far down there in terms of placings. So really 32nd place, I guess, um, as far as that goes. But like it had nothing to do with my physique. It's politics or what? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how much, how much are you paying and contributing to the sport, to their organization, and then do they know you? Mm-hmm. Do, do they know who you're affiliated with? Either your coach, your posing coach, your nutrition or training coach. Like it is very political. Um, and that's a large reason. It's not an excuse for placing as much as like, it's a large reason why I had a falling out because I genuinely don't give a shit about the organization or the sport itself when it comes down to physique sports. Like, I care about a lot more things in my life that are important to me. Right. Like tra- my wife, traveling, family, uh, friendships, work, uh, you name it. Like leisure being a huge part of it. Um, and then, yeah, so I don't care much about the sport as a whole. So I don't care to keep it up. So if I do compete again, it will be purely for the sake of my own journey, desire and yeah. journeys of internal competition I, ex- I experienced that a little bit in mine because i when i did my physique show 
I was doing my own training and then Shelby Sarns would do my nutrition and I got scouted by two different like teams. Yeah. And I said no to both of them because I was like, I don't want to pay a membership to be a part of your team when you will win more shows though if you 100%. are a part of the team and you compete on I the East, no West, idea. South. Like yeah, so if you're part of like there's certain teams in the West Coast, if you if you're on that team, you will compete on you'll stay on the West Coast. Um and if there's East Coast teams connected with different gyms around New York and New Jersey and things like that, that um, if you are on those teams, then you stay in the East coast and compete. it's honestly like a lot, like honest, it's, it's like hip hop back in yeah. when we had Tupac and Biggie, mm. like this is for NPC. So NPC shows, is that what you're yeah, referring to? Yeah. Well, NPC and IFBB. So like there's and these, IFBB, just yeah. bodybuilding, period. bodybuilding period. Like there's these, I don't, I don't, the natural federations are not the same when it comes to that, which is why, right. That's what I was getting at. If I did make a return to the stage, I don't know if I, one, I, I would want, I have the desire to compete in a natural federation because I'm a natural competitor, but because of how strict and childish the organizational bodies are, you can't compete in multiple, if you're like, for example, if you're in the IFBB, if I were to compete in the WBFF or the WNBF or WNBF or right, the, a natural, natural federation, whatever it is, INBF, like the natural federations, uh, I would almost auto, if they if they as soon as they caught wind of me doing that, leaving or competing in the federation outside of the IFBB, right, my card most at most likely would be revoked and I would not be able to, I'd have to re-earn my pro card. That's crazy. In the IFBB. See, I, when I, I remember not realizing it was a big deal until I got on stage and realized all the judges were like heads of the different teams yeah. that mm. scouted me. Mm. And then I was like, Oh, well I'm screwed. Yeah. Well, I was better than everyone. like all those guys and they right. all placed. <laughs> so mm. like I wasn't the best one on stage, but I got kind of screwed in that sense. But my question for you is what would your training split be? Yeah. Like how would you split up your training? Would like what would your frequency look like? Because I think this is a cool question because A, you're natural, B, you're advanced, and C, you've had a long history of working with many individuals. I know we've had discussions and we've had just discussions on different viewpoints of all the different styles of training, and there's so many great training splits. And I think I think people get confused with the almost like a sticker shock of like how cool a training split looks when really it's just organization of volume and exercise selection. Yeah. So I'm interested to pick your brain on that because I think you have a, a interesting way. And I actually bought your eBooks. I would like whenever my friends come out with eBooks, I always buy the shit. Yeah. I saw, I saw that. And, and I started like going through it and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. This is not like they, they have an interesting way of organizing their, their exercise. So I'm, I'm just curious of what you would do for yourself. Yeah. So it kind of depends. So like when I first, if I got back, like let's on, under the context of, I got back tomorrow and started training. So perspective on where I'm currently at is I would say I'm detrained. Um, and I've been at a, as per, we discussed at the seminar today, like I've been at a maintenance volume for most likely six months. Like, I was telling Put that, that in the perspective of what that actually means about how, how much, how, how frequently you've. So in the last, much. like the last three months I've trained maybe 12 times. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and he's still fucking jacked out of his mind. <laughs> Super jacked. Ridiculous. Well, that's why like when, when James Hoffman said like the amount you have to do to maintain muscle muscle is so small, it's ridiculous. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Like, yeah. Austin's still huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so 
being detrained relative to where I was and where I would need to be to compete at a pro level in the IFBB, essentially it's they're puffing off next door. Yeah, we, we got, we got some, we got some hooligans next door. Um, so basically to, to get my, to my answer, um, to start out, I would start out most likely with some iteration of a four day split. Um, most likely starting out half body. So training, I like to break up half body splits, um, in the sense of anterior posterior. So I like mm. training, uh, chest and quads together. Uh, basically it's essentially for those listening, like breaking up the front of your body with, and then breaking up the, like breaking it up with the back of your body. Yeah. So training chest quads, um, you know, delts, biceps i had biceps instead of triceps because the overlap in the day right. not only the, yeah. the overlap of the muscle groups like pressing obviously you use a lot of tricep and then the day the subsequent day would be a pull day so i wouldn't necessarily want to hit biceps before i hit back have them um, fatigued. and have them fatigued so basically it's splitting up the front of the body substituting triceps or substituting biceps for the triceps and then you'd hit the back of the body so i'd hit uh, the back and the, the hamstrings, the calf, and basically the biceps on that day, uh, the next day. Why that supposed to, um, opposed to upper lower split? Yeah. So I and like, I like that split by the way. I actually mm-hmm. have a program in my membership site and yeah. people were like, I had to explain it because people were confused with it. Cause it's not the typical, most people think half body, they think upper lower. Right. And I actually really love anterior posterior yeah, split. He was the first person I ever heard say that. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. I've never thought, I've never it's, even thought about it. It's actually really fun. Yeah. I like it. And it keeps that, like, I, I enjoy full body programs. I think this is like more of a psychological thing, mm. but just because my heart rate gets up, like, I feel like I'm working harder because I'm training my legs and my upper yeah. body. It's completely psychological. There's no, like, I mean, volume is volume, but like, I really stay engaged with that kind of thing. And that was one of my favorite programs that I've done. Yeah. So I don't like, um, one, I don't like to feel completely fucked from my training like i don't like to be because we all have lives and all we all have responsibilities and jobs after we leave the gym and i don't yeah right (laughs) Um, but i don't necessarily like to feel like i can't do anything the rest of the day after training and so essentially and also my output comes down uh if i were to train basically if i were to train quads hamstrings calves um, so basically all lower body on one day, you got to also think of the amount of tissue you're training per day relative to the load that your systemic tolerance can mm-hmm. take. So as we were talking about volume tolerances today, you got to think of things in a way where how can I not only pair muscle groups together, but what are the size of those muscle groups? What's my ability to contract that tissue, create tension, create damage, um, and basically what's the level of metabolite buildup I can have in these muscles? How's that going to affect my, my liver, my ability to clear lactate? Um, and then pair that even with me being detrained. And that's why I said a four day split instead of like a five or six, because I am detrained and it would, I need to resensitize and reestablish my tolerances to volume to begin with. And then from the standpoint of taxing tissues, one, I don't have a great liver to begin with. 
Um, and so my ability to actually handle systemic stress is quite low. Can you explain that? Did you because say you don't I think, have a great liver? Is that what you said? So I, there's a lot of people that won't. Yeah. I, so your liver plays a very large role in filtering a lot of, we'll say stress, um, whether it's, uh, so in terms of your training stress and systemic stress, your liver is going to play a huge role in helping not only filter out that stress and whether metabolize lactate or, or recycle, help metabolize and recycle lactate, um, and put it back into the system, uh, as a useful byproduct or, um, just contribute as a whole to help with energy production. So your muscles are extremely selfish, uh, when it comes to their glycogen stores and energy stores in general. And so basically as like I said, at a local level, your muscles are really good about contributing to that energy, um, need, but systemically you're putting a lot of stress on other organs, mm -hmm. essentially like, like liver, the kidneys, like you're putting the bigger your muscles get and the more damage you cause and metabolites you build up, your organs stay the same. So it's very important as you do get bigger and bigger, add more muscle, add more tissue. This is where periodization, fatigue management, um, and things like that come in and then actually accumulating yourself or reacclimating yourself to proper volume, um, and periodization comes into play. And so to, to round out the answer, essentially, that's why I picked four days instead of five or six, just because of the, me being detrained, I would want to reestablish myself to volume half body split because I would, it allows me to have a frequency a higher frequency per muscle group to train tissue more often to get me again reacclimated to volume quicker also the skill the neural and the neural effects yeah yeah so i'd be able neural to hit the tissue yeah i'd be able to ha do those movement patterns more often during the week right um and then also from the standpoint of uh total ability to handle that stress and so basically you can break the body up so if you're looking at training splits like you have you can do full body half body third body quarter body so quarter body you're getting closer to like a bodybuilding bro split. Say like a bro split yeah so you're essentially it's something. like a chest delts day or something yeah. you know Push like yeah. something yeah so like that's more of like a court but you're hitting the volume you're hitting per session is significantly higher on the third body and quarter body splits than it is the full body and half body mm -hmm. so my per day thresholds are a lot lower right now than they would be here in let's say three to four months or six months. Um, so I, I'd basically start out really, really conservative, maybe anywhere from 10 to 15 sets per week. I would stick with that and progress through my, my half body type of split, a third body type of split. If I'm still doing a really good job at managing fatigue and soreness and 10 to 15 sets per body part per body part per right. week. Yeah. Because sure I understood, but I'm sure. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, 10 to 15 sets per body part per week. Right. And then again, establishing those, those minimums and not really, I'm, I'm not trying to find a maximum yet at this point for myself, just because my ability to contract tissue and create tension and build up metabolites like we talked about ex exercise selection today at the seminar, like 
I know exactly nearly down to each muscle group, which exercise exercises well. index well, really well for me and which ones I can within a set or two already have a pump in that muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and elicit a lot of damage and response. And your body's going to respond really well because of your kind of layoff that you've had, I feel like. Right. So that's essentially a long answer, but like I would start out with that four day half body approach, um, breaking up anterior posterior day. And then I would do that most likely for a five to eight week, probably I'll do that for probably five weeks and then evaluate. And I'd, be fine to go up in advance. Um, but essentially all the while tracking, making sure that, cause I have a huge issue and where the, again, the liver comes in, can come into play is its ability to manage blood sugar and oh, its ability to manage the stress of the training itself and life mm-hmm. as a whole, but also manage my blood sugar throughout the night. Um, and so I already have trouble sleeping. And so if my training stress, stress is stress. And so if your life stress is high, your work stress is high like in, in general, adding more, adding training stress is just adding stress. So yeah. it's like you're adding a whole new element that necessarily for me isn't quite there right now. I have to make sure that by adding that training stress, I do it slow enough. My muscles will be fine because I'm a fast responder, genetically gifted to the point where I can easily grow muscle. But my internal organs aren't gifted like my muscles are gifted unfortunately <laughs> my, my internal organs aren't gifted <laughs> i get it yeah yeah they're not like they don't no i understand unfortunately they're just not and so i more or less have to worry about how's my sleep um affected because then like my recovery my performance is is subsequently affected from if i train too hard early from the out of the gate my right sleep is going to be fucked right. from the get go. You've got to check gotta, all the other boxes to make sure that your efficiency is running as high as possible. Then I got to start back from square one if I come out of the gate too hot. So mm-hmm. yeah. for me, it's a lot easier just to come out of the gate yeah. like that. Well, instead and, of, and not all volumes created equal either. Like you said one thing like really briefly, but I think people need to gravitate towards it because so many people see numbers inside of the volume research and nobody like understands that, for example, an exercise that really works well for you three sets for you is like six sets for me. Oh, yeah. That right. exercise yeah. is not biomechanically sound for me. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? We've because talked about, me and him have talked about this because of like three sets of 10 for like us three could be way different than three sets of 10 for also yeah. even a beginner or somebody just who hasn't spent the time executing on that exercise. Well, even, and yeah. even yeah. exercise to exercise because right. everybody's limb lengths and leverages are different. It's right. just so, and just like your mind muscle connection or, or if I've done an exercise a thousand times, I've had so much practice at, creating that connection Mm -hmm. compared to you if you're like oh i don't really use that exercise it's completely different there's a skill component right yeah um that's actually like i'm really excited about this one uh with chris was talking about on our podcast recently chris barricade him i want to say he said brad schoenfeld he's doing the study with but they're basically like redoing a a volume research study to like everybody they're at they're doing a, a volume study but it's not like all right, everybody's doing 40 fucking sets per week per muscle right. group. Let's see what happens. It's like you're doing 15 sets right now for the last eight weeks. That's what you've been doing. You've been doing 12. I've been doing 10. He's been doing 20. Mm. We're going to add this percentage on top of that, this percentage on top of that. And then they have different groups increasing volume compared to where they already were. So mm. now instead of us saying everybody needs to do 40, 40 sets, it's like, hey, for maximum hypertrophy, when you go into a surplus, you need to add 10% of volume onto the sets you're doing, which is way more applicable than mm-hmm. just 
throwing out a blanket number. And I think that could be really helpful. Um, and I will be devil's advocate there and say like, it does matter your ex your ability to execute movements because like, again, like the, going back to the, the three sets of 10 example, like me doing three sets of 10, I could be thrashed, like pumped. I can already feel the fact that I'm going to be sore the next day. Mm-hmm. And you, I feel that way. And then you could come to me after doing the exact same thing and say, all right, well, I'm warmed up and I'm ready to start benching. Right. right. And it's yeah. like, 100%. we're on completely different wavelengths here. Yeah, 100%. And so your volume technically, let's say, would need to be somewhere between 20 to 25 sets per week per that, per that muscle group that you're not very good at contracting because you need more goes at that muscle, mm-hmm. at that particular you muscle more group. practice you need more reps right? you need more reps but you need to be able to accumulate more volume um at that and there's an argument for well if you're not great at contracting or not you're not great at uh exercise execution should you just add more and not necessarily you shouldn't add more of the bad you should reduce it improve it and then taper it back up because mm-hmm. then you're going to be stronger and progress faster because of that but if you're impatient, I get it. And you will, you're going to have to add where if I need 12 to 15 sets per week to do X amount of work to, for you to get the, the same amount of work done, you may need 18 to 25 sets yeah. per week. Um, and that's just the fact of the matter at the moment. until so you improve that and that can, that total volume per week per muscle group can start to go down as you improve. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, when I bringing up the study, I just referred to like the future study that they're in the process of building. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited because it's the closest thing I feel like we can get because you can't quantify skill inside of a, a study really like right. how great somebody's execution is. You know what I mean? We can I almost teach asked it, but that at the seminar today. Um, I think it matters a ton. And I didn't want to open that can of worms because I wish you would have. Then you fuckers didn't ask questions. I asked like 14,000 questions. I'm such a listener at, at seminars. Dude, I, like, I, I love God, asking I just, questions. I just kind of, that's how I was. That's how I've always been a student. I just observe. And if I have too. a question, I'll, I'll ask after the fact. Um, but I also don't want to ask a question that isn't conducive to the whole topic. Hundred, the hundreds of people that are there. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would, the I, questions you asked were applicable, I think, to probably at least 50 to 75 people in that yeah, room. Right, right. That question that I would have answered would have been me sitting there. Be like self, Kind of selfish. It would have been a circle jerk with to myself. You. Right. And Mike. Mike, basically. Dude, the question that I was going to ask at the end, actually, I was going to ask, I was going to ask each one of them. I was going to say they could answer it as long as they wanted, but I wanted to ask them one person outside of the fitness industry that has been, uh, that has had basically a positive impact on their life to their critical thinking skills, their problem yeah, solving. That's a good question. You know what I'm really saying? Good I was really hoping to answer it and, and then, or to ask it. And then, I mean, but then there's other people who hadn't even gotten into question yet and I'd already asked whatever two or three. Yeah. And so I was like, I get it, but I did hope, I was hoping that I could ask because I feel like they would have good answers because I know, um, I know Mike's into Sam Harris and then he talks about mm-hmm. the, the economics that he was into. Yeah. That he got so, into an argument with some of the shit he threw out there was like, Oh yeah. Really dark. No, oh. like there's a couple things he said when he brought up, he brought up religion, he brought up politics. And then he was like, you want to know why this screen is black? Right. What do you say? Because darkness, eternal awaits darkness all. awaits us all. All right, guys, <laughs> I'm done with my speech today. I was like, 
Whoa! He's, he's got a little bit of stand-up comedian. Well, he is, but he's no. Russian, I believe. So it's his his first half was just comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was, a, it was a great presentation. I was laughing. Yeah, he's a great presenter. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. actually, that's a, that's actually a really good question. Like, uh, what would you guys say is like? It can be one person or up to three, but no more than three. Otherwise, we're just listing a ton of fucking people. But right. um, non-fitness or nutrition-related people that have had that type of influence on you. Hmm. We'll go with you first since this is your question. Really, I, I think that the typical answer that I would have to give would be Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Okay. I think as far as critical thinking goes and, and making me think – differently about yeah. uh premeditated thoughts and beliefs uh that I once had uh and just making me really second guess very at least in my opinion very important things in life um yeah he just he he inspired me to just try and be a better person and that your honestly that your actions often matter more than you really think. So I, I told you guys that I, with my content and stuff lately, I'd have more of kind of nihilistic type view with, with fitness and nutrition. Crazy enough, as it seems is like, sometimes I do get a nihilistic view because I think about, and me and Ryan Doris talked about this and we had, he's like, there's, there's so many great works of like philosophy or whatever, like, like the constitution and just things that like really quote unquote matter in this world. And, and it's like whenever I think about that, like I don't think of calories and like how much protein you should eat at mm. each meal. I'm not I, – I understand that they're absolutely important. However, sometimes I just feel shallow whenever I talk about those things. Um, and and I, whether that's right or wrong is beyond the point. But, but Jordan Peterson was basically one of the first people to make me realize that what I do does actually – indeed have effect on other people because what I do can affect one person and then that person can affect another Mm -hmm. person. Um, and what's valuable to me is valuable to my family. And then it's also valuable to my close friend group. And then is also valuable to my community. And so it's just like, yeah, the stuff that, and then of course there's, there's the religion things and, um, looking at it, uh, just in a different light, uh, than, than you may have once thought is, is, something special well i'm gonna um i mean I, I already told you guys last night i downloaded a ton of this shit i'm gonna dig yeah. into him because I, ha- I i'm surprised i haven't but it's just it's just he he gives a different perspective your it's just your meaning in this world and your purpose in this world it's just it's 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 just the way that he formats things um it's just the, the way that he articulates things that i have thought in my head especially growing up and i think young men are his main um target group because we're just we're trying to figure out what we should do mm-hmm. in the world because you, you have women for, for the most part it's like their evolutionary trait is to you know raise children there's they have kids and uh, yeah I, obviously there's there's more to it than that but like they they are programmed to be amazing mothers it's like but but guys kind of have more of that internal existential struggle it's like what am i here for like obviously we produce children as well but it's like you know what i'm saying we are not yeah the the the, ch- the child is usually much more evolutionary speaking we had a warrior a hunter right, a, exactly. a protector we're a provider in, in today's society it is much different yes i get what you're saying so it can just create a lot of ex- question existential uh distress and just like 
you know, just what what is my role here? What should I be doing? What's the best use of my time, et cetera, et cetera. And Jordan Peterson just does a really good job at, at showing that meaning in life, at least in my perspective and what he talks about is from gaining more responsibility, bearing the heaviest load that you can bear. Um, and, and that's how you can serve the world. It's like you want to be that person that people lean on at a funeral mm-hmm. or something like that. Like everybody else is crying and you're the rock, the foundation, um, whatever in the middle of the hurricane that is, that is strong enough to withstand all the chaos that's going on in your world. So yeah, that was, this podcast took a quick turn after, after that. But, uh, yeah, no, Jordan Peterson is, he's, um, for people that don't know, he's a he's a psychologist. I think he he taught in the beginning at Harvard and then at the University of Toronto. And I know there's a lot of controversy and things about him. And I'm sure there's at least one person listening that probably doesn't agree with his views or whatever. But I just highly encourage you to look deeper into his stuff. And you can just tell that whenever he talks about the people that uh, his his whatever quote unquote fans and just guys off the streets who came up to him and just said, hey, dude, you you changed my life. Like I call, I reached out to my dad who I hadn't talked to in 15, 20 years or something. We made up now we're friends again. Mm. Um, he gets very emotional and it's just, you can just tell he's just, you can just tell whenever somebody's a good person. Yeah. And obviously like, I don't fucking know the dude or anything, but like you can tell when someone is genuine and when they're not and what their intentions are and his intentions seem pure and genuine. And he's a really, he's much smarter than I am and he's provided a lot of value in my life. So yeah, I think, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. That's it. You have a person? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, mine's Ryan Holiday, for sure. Oh, dude, I started, good one. Good I, one. Well, I started thinking, I was like, I feel like there's multiple people who have had that effect on me that Ryan introduced me to. And mm-hmm. I think that's why he's that person. And I think because he is a younger male in today's society. So, like, some of the stuff he talks about um, that he battles with and the things he learns from these philosophers, it's these old lessons that he applies from old Chinese proverbs and, and stoicism and stuff like that. He applies to the the hardships of what we go through today, right? He, he like the, I mean, little things, social yes. media, uh, work-life balance, uh, like judgment, doubt, fear, scarcity, mm-hmm. like all these things. So like, when I hear him talk on podcasts, I just kind of relate to him on a, on a very deep level. And then his books are just so easy to read because it's like story after story Still, after story. I, I really, yeah. And I, I just connect with stories like, uh, he, I think he got his style. He talks about, uh, Robert Greene being a mentor of his and mm. Robert Greene has a very similar style. Like, uh, is it 48 or 58? 48. 48, 48 laws of power. power. There's mastery. Um, yeah. Uh, so like stuff like that, like. I think listening to stories about historical figures helps a lot. And like I, I, I read his story, uh, ego is the enemy. And I heard about Abraham Lincoln and then I went and studied Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. and I learned so much. And then I heard his, in the ego is the enemy again, I heard about, uh, Jackie Robinson and I mm, like loved yeah. that story. So I went and researched more on Jackie Robinson and yeah. took away so much of that. And I think just listening to historical figures, it's, it's helpful because it's real life. It's not a idea or a concept yes. or a theory. It's like, this fucking happened to this person and this is how he handled it. Right. And this is how it applies to your life because my situation is much different. Like things I struggle with are completely different than Jackie Robinson. Right. But how he handled that is applicable to how I should handle the struggles I go through. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what helps me a lot. So I would 
definitely say without a doubt, yeah, Ryan Holiday deriving those principles the from from those amazing characters yeah. of our history, and yeah, that's yeah and, and I look at him like me and Austin have talked about this many times. Like we look at ourselves as interpreters of the science, right? There's researchers, and then there's trainers, mm. and I feel like there's kind of this middle ground of I guess we could call it evidence based coaches mm-hmm. and these people who kind of take in this this high level advanced information from the researchers and we interpret it in a way that's applicable to general population or even advanced people who don't necessarily have the desire to geek out on some of the stuff we do. I I, I truly feel like that's Ryan Holiday in his own world. And like, mm-hmm. I, like have you guys read uh, Meditations of Marcus Aurelius? Bits and pieces, of course. It's yeah. difficult to read. Right. It's I, like, it's a great book and I, I've actually read it more than once and I still don't fully comprehend it. Yeah, like it's very difficult. It's like reading Shakespeare. It's kind yeah, of it's hard. It's like reading poems. It's like yeah. it's hard to What's grasp. Yeah. So like getting yeah. somebody that can read history like that and then like It's a skill it's in and of, in and of itself. Yeah. 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 He's a able He's to a, filter the 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 good information communicated in a way that is digestible mm-hmm. to the modern day us. Yeah. <laughs> basically. I've been, and I've been that way for a while. Like I really, that's actually why I have uh, the Greek tattoos, like Greek tattoos on my arm, mm-hmm. my leg. I love Greek mythology, but like if you listen to somebody like Ryan Holiday, uh, translate some of the old mythology like stories and morals mm-hmm. it just makes so much more sense so much more applicable it's mm-hmm. not just like a cool hero story right it's like an applicable journey that you yeah can apply. it's uh, yeah it's actually practical information that you can derive from yeah. these people's lives and principles and lessons and yeah yeah exactly yeah so i mean that ryan holiday that's a great one that's a really good one this is a great one i don't actually have um i was interested in hearing both of yours i don't have a specific person as much as i have just a collective of reading Mm. reading shit outside of fitness and nutrition information. And I think it's important to be well-rounded as a human um, as right now, like for example, right now I'm reading the book from Steven Pinker and basically it's a, it's a collection of proof of progression of humankind from a statistical analysis perspective. So basically that, enlightenment now okay um it's steven pinker's most recent book and basically it it seems like a self-help book and to a weird point it kind of is but it's not the self-help that you're thinking about it's not it's not filled with affirmations or mantras or even old stoic ways of thinking it's filled with facts and figures of human progress and statistics to fully back up well he's a legit scientist right absolutely he works at harvard okay Um, what is he what is he professor uh well he does quite a few things um he's a like psycholinguist okay and so he it works in uh he'll work in then we, he works in lingu- uh, linguistics. Uh, he works in um, psychology, I believe. And he, right. he has different... So he, he also is trained um, in uh, neuroscience as well. Okay. Uh, so or his degree actually may be in neuroscience. Or his PhD may be in neuroscience. Uh, I may have been speaking, been speaking on that. But he's a very, very intellectual no. person. Cognitive psychologist, linguist, and popular science author. Yeah. There you go. He was a... Yeah. Prof- uh, yeah. Professor in the Department of Psychology at Harvard University. I'm not completely full of shit. Yeah, no, you amazing. You got it. Um, So basically, it's just this culmination of of that, and it's not really. It's a self help book in the way of 
giving you hope on, so we, you know, you always hear that the world's going to shit, you know, and even references like the current political climate of making America, but making the world great again. Mm. And we've done nothing but progress since the 18th century. Mm-hmm. And honestly, since the modern enlightenment of the 18th century. So looking into like the 17, 1800s and beyond, like have been nothing but pure progress right. from not only an economical perspective, a medical perspective, um, an emotional uh, perspective, a wealth and dude we're about everything. to we're, we're about to order uber eats from but, from the living room but people people fail to realize that though even like with safety right now is actually the world like statistically speaking it's the safest time in history to be alive and yeah, people think yeah. it's the most dangerous oh, time medicine, you can't walk outside everything it's just ridiculous so in this book in this in this particular book basically um he goes he goes through each topic uh in which it is commonly misconstrued uh, or misrepresented by the popular media and or political figures trying to win an election and basically gives the statistics on that's just blatantly not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you need to read, you just need to be a more well-rounded human as, as a whole and understand things outside of training and nutrition. I think as a coach, um, whether that's through nonfiction, mm-hmm. uh, just nonfiction related topics outside of training and nutrition or it's fiction uh, topics Could that, with creativity that just filled with creativity and storytelling, storytelling in, in character development and these hero stories. Oh, and the just hero's journey. It's the hero's journey and all of these different things. Like it's, it, you need to consume things and that's where like reading outside of training and nutrition for me is essentially pretty equivalent to traveling around the world and seeing other cultures, mm. reading, other, seeing other people's, hearing other people's opinions mm. um, and spending a lot of time, essentially as much time as I spent in the industry specifically, I've spent equal, if not more time outside of the industry, mm-hmm. which has helped gain me a very interesting perspective on the industry in general, because I'm able to, have the similar view of you, Matt, and say like, look, like today at the seminar, we can all three geek out at the information presented and say like, oh, this is amazing. This is super cool. I'm very, Mm -hmm. I'm very engaged in this information. It's the nitty gritty of the nitty gritty. But I can also take a step back and say, like, I genuinely don't care. <laughs> right. Like, because I, I subjectively don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I give it, I give a lot of shits about it. Um, and it's so it's, it's pretty polarized. It's pretty confusing yeah. um, for myself, even at times to like not fully give up on like, well, I just don't care um, and just completely go completely nihilistic because that's not helpful and it doesn't make me feel fulfilled. It doesn't make me feel useful. Right. Um, and then you have clients too. I'm sure you have responsibility that give you that boost of like, Hey, you're really helping me out. Like I really had people that came up to me today and, and shook my hand and introduced themselves 
and yeah. told me to my face, like your content is awesome. It's teaching me as a trainer. It's yeah. teaching me as a, as a person just that likes to train. Yeah. And that gives me a, a feeling of fulfillment and that gives me purpose and drive and a feeling of being useful, mm-hmm. which I think is the ultimate purpose right. that I derive from this life of just trying to, <laughs> be useful to those around you and your community and your loved ones and those that pay for you to help them just try and be useful to to bring it to bring it full circle you you're making the world a better place even if it's not from a the ripple effect you're not you're not you're not signing the declaration of independence or or writing the constitution nor should i be (laughs) right right no but i'm saying like you're bringing it full circle to what you said about making the world a better place which it is and you're contributing and hopefully that's a reminder for you to do more content it, and that's because, yeah, because I get that feeling literally like that's we talked about this multiple times this weekend. Like that's what drives me to keep creating because people are like, hey, like, thank you. This yeah. is helping me. And I'm like, that's all I need to keep spending as much time as I do mm-hmm. creating more because people are being helped. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time. It's fulfillment. It, it is fulfilling. It's usefulness. It's feeling. I, I recently put it. This is a part of my three part series was feeling um feeling challenged but also i can't find my fucking words for what i'm trying to say all because that lady's screaming <laughs> on the it's other side of this wall um, this airbnb it's a, but useful. basically feeling useful, useful and, is the, it's, it, that's about so within your skill set being using the skills within your skill set to create change and be useful basically is what i'm trying to articulate i can't find the word but the most possible you're trying you're yeah. the the way for you to be the most f- useful is in your area of expertise and you're going to be able to help as many people like the most amount of people in your area and be the most useful and be it in my 26 years of life right. i've spent eight of them being educated on many different levels on the nitty-gritty the foundations and then the nitty-gritty of the detail of this thing you almost so have a responsibility yeah yeah that's well, how I, that's exactly how i look at it right. it's, it's a responsibility to deliver the one thing you know better than anything else like mm-hmm. the one thing that like and that's not to say like you're on a high horse like you know more than anybody because nobody Clearly, that's not true just, just everybody there's arrow. always somebody yeah. smarter but i can honestly say that there is nothing in this world that i will be smarter better or more efficient at than training and nutrition mm-hmm. and it's my responsibility mm-hmm to relay that, interpret that to the people who don't have that same. Right. It's just like, Mike, skill, just like Mike talked about, Mike Isertel talked about today. He was like, I went, I go to the auto, I go to the auto mechanic and just be like, here's money, make this problem yeah. go away. And then he talks to other friends who are also auto mechanics and they're like, oh, they ripped you off completely. But he didn't know. Yeah. His, that's not, his, he's not an expert in, you know, in cars. Yeah. So it's hundred like, percent. That's, that's absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to go completely fucking left field with I'll this dude. But like, Clearly. as you were talking and you're talking about everything you were just talking about, we briefly talked about this at the airport and this is like a one statement thing. It's probably not going to create a dialogue. So we can pull up a Q and a, a question that we got on Instagram <laughs> after this. You'd be surprised. But dude, <laughs> yeah. you need to have a child. Because <laughs> Ooh, oh I know this okay. is gonna but, create but, a dialogue. But, 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 like, <laughs> hear, hear me out. So like my wife's I, gonna listen to this. I went I went through. It, we're me and Matt were talking about this. I've gone through ebbs and flows in my career where it was like I'm so obsessive of training and nutrition. It's all I read, all I study. And then I went through a year where it was like 
behavior change. That's mm-hmm. all I want to know about. And then I went through a year of like personal development and meditation and traveling and trying to be more comfortable with just being alone and like float tanks and trips by myself, staying in hotels by myself, hiking by myself, like anything I could do to be like comfortable being alone in my own mind. Like, and then I went back to training nutrition, all these different things. Over the years, over the seminars, the workshops, the uh, documentaries, the books, the, the retreats, I've done, all these things, my daughter has taught me more about contributing to society and mm. just thinking on a different plane of field and motivation and inspiration and what love is and what... What actually matters. What actually matters in, in, <clears throat> in like what's happiness and like just like the craziest shit and, and it's almost to a point where it's like like you said it a second ago you're like i love listening to this stuff and, and geeking out but i really don't give a fuck mm. and like that like as soon as you said that that's what i thought about because she makes me realize that none of this fucking matters but in a weird way and i can't explain it that motivates me to do more and more and more of it but she allows me to like come back down and and Mm. know that like i'm just a small pawn in this world and and like ego can be dropped like overwhelm can be dropped doubt can be it's just fucking crazy but the reason i say you need to have a child is because like as you were talking i was i I know that that would teach you so much more of what you're chasing than anything else and because of your intellect like you would be a really really good father i appreciate of course absolutely you're a fucking good dude of course (laughs) you are but dude you would be able to like just re- relay this kind of stuff. Like it would almost give you so much more meaning because like all of a sudden you're like, now I have somebody I can teach this to. Yeah. So my one hang up with that, um, I do appreciate <laughs> that. I will have dialogue with this. So my one hang up with that one, um, is I, n- not only a simple complex of, I'm not sure if my current family, be it my wife and I, um, if my wife doesn't want to have children, I'm okay not to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the two of us, I would be the more paternal one out of the two of us. Um, so I'm, oh, what's happening next door? Good. I don't think they hear it. They probably no, 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 they can't hear it. Yeah. So basically, um, <laughs> you'd be the more paternal one. I would. Yeah. And then, so we've had this conversation and I actually the one who brought up children and then we had this conversation of well what if we didn't have children and there was about a week where i actually contemplated does this affect me um and then i landed on not really and but to 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 kind of round this out basically i understand where you're coming from and it's i think that would be extremely helpful to have essentially this this soundboard this blank slate of Mm -hmm. a soundboard of a child um to learn from and basically see the best parts of yourself within in these moments that you share with these with these little things um but also the first thing my wife and i talked about when we first met was you are not responsible for my happiness yeah Mm. you are not responsible for anything that's that happens to me at all so if I'm unhappy, it's on me. And it doesn't mean that at some point, if something was happened, like something happened that you may not have been a contributor to me now being unhappy, mm-hmm. which isn't the case. But if I'm unhappy, like that's on me and I need to figure that out. And it's not her th- 
thing or her responsibility to ever make me happy. Um, I just need to find that within. And like you said before in, in saying that, uh, shit, where you, you were going through, um, I lost my train of thought there. It's all good. Um, it's all good. Yeah. So I lost my train of thought there, but anyways, like it'll come back to me anyways. But so having a child for me, um, basically, I don't know if that's in the cards, but if I do, I do know that it will be an excellent soundboard. It will be an excellent learning experience and it'll absolutely change your life change yeah and, it, it, change and more than one i didn't way. mean to put you on the spot <laughs> I, I don't feel on the spot I that, just, that was the first thing that it's came a, to it's my a mind. heavy topic to it think is about. it's very heavy and then like the thing is with with a child too is like blakely has taught me way fucking more than i've ever taught her right, of course especially because shannon is with her all day teaching her mm-hmm. but it just that's just like the first thing that popped in my mind as you were like going on and on and i was just like dude like oh yeah well dude the it, first one of the first questions or i Whenever we you first came in and I talked to you guys, like, so how's how's having a kid? Yeah, how's, yeah. how's yeah. having a kid with uh, Kyle Hunt as well? I know you mm-hmm. all know him from the yeah, Absolute yeah, yeah. Strength podcast. Yeah, but for, whenever I first talked to him, I was like, yeah. So how's because he, he his child's like five or something like that. He's she's she's pretty. It's old. crazy how fast they grow, man. My my best friend, um, the one I was actually just, I was telling you guys about yesterday, the one that um, when I was when I got jumped, he saved my life literally. So he has a kid, and mm-hmm. Zoe is like three and a half and it's just like yeah dude what the hell like she's three and a half now like that's crazy and like blakely's a year and a half and it's just like yeah it's mind-blowing like shannon sent me a video yesterday and she said are we going and blakely was like let's go and i was like what the fuck she just said let's go like right uh, those are words like that's crazy no of course. and it's wild dude like no that is super weird you know what's been super weird is watching this is this is different, but so Katie Hearn and Hayden Schneider. Well, I guess so. Katie Schneider. No, it's Katie Hearn. Is it still? She Katie kept Hearn? her name. She kept her name. I think. Oh, really? I think. Oh, okay. I don't anyway. know her. I'm acting. My wife kept her. I don't know her. Anyway, anyway. My wife I, kept her name. Okay. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fuck me. Um. But yeah, no. Hayden Schneider and Katie Hearn. I love watching little baby Axel. Like love I, baby I Axel. love watching. Like yeah. I, I remember them doing the gender reveal party, and yeah. I've literally watched this kid grow up, grow up How with him. It's so like he's. I think did he just? He hasn't I don't even follow turned, either one. He of had his first birthday. He just turned one like okay. a like, bit ago. He's like one, maybe one and a half. I think he's. I'm gonna hate myself for saying this. I think he's like 15 months old. He's 15. He's 67 months old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I think he's 15 months old. <laughs> yeah. No, I could be wrong, but he's, he's adorable. But it's just adorable. so it's so cool to because I feel like I relate to to Hayden honestly a lot. At least his mindset and just how he approaches life and things. And seeing him be a dad for the first time with his kid, and you get to he, I mean he documents a lot of, of the child, and and you get to see mm-hmm. the child grow up and everything. Um, and it's just, it's, it's honestly, it's, I, it makes me super excited to become a dad. And then also my brother who's about to have his first child. It makes me that, super excited for him as well. That'll be your biggest, uh, excitement, but also real I mean, you know, Instagram's a highlight reel, dude. Of like course, people of course. are always like, Oh my God, your daughter's so cute. All this stuff. Right. It's like, I only post videos and of pictures course. of her dancing or yeah. talk, like, I don't post all the other stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think I told you guys, I was I was at the ER all day Sunday the other mm-hmm. day, like freaking the fuck out because we didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. and she has kidney issues, and so like that's been a whole can of worms 
we don't put that shit on Instagram. Of course. Because right, like, right. Well, th- yeah, it's, it's, it's your own personal and private. Honestly, like, I actually would be interested in your guys' thoughts on this. I think it's, like, I, I always get frustrated. There's there's some people, I don't know if I would call them, I hate the word influencers, but think they... Think they use their kids? No, like, I'm, I'm basically what I'm saying is, like, I've heard, mo- I've seen multiple people, like, talk shit on influencers or influencers trying to talk shit on other influencers who... Instagram's a quote unquote highlight reel and you just like, you're not real because you just post happy stuff. And oh. I almost like, like, I don't take it offensively, but I'm like, well, I, like nobody wants to see negative shit. It's not helpful. I don't watch the news for a reason. So if I'm stressed out, why mm. would I like involve you guys in it? That doesn't benefit your life. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So That's fair. I purposely make it a highlight reel because like, I'll be honest and open. Like, I have stress. I have experienced anxiety and things like that. But if I'm constantly just bringing people down, like, what the fuck's the point of social media? It's like... Yeah. It's for embitterment. Yeah, no. I th- Yeah, I think I would... I would completely agree with that. I think it's... I think as long as your intentions are pure, however you explain it, if you're talking about anxiety, you're talking about... It depends on... Like, I don't like whenever people, whenever influencers, whatever, would post something about... Like depression has been a hot topic that people have used literally to whatever, gain a following or mm-hmm. to be like, whatever. They're like, oh yeah, I'm cool because I've got depression or like I've, I, I'm looking for this. This is just virtue signaling yeah. or whatever, or trying to get attention because of this certain thing going on in their life. They're like, oh, pity me. If, yeah. Whatever. If you're teaching a lesson, it's different. Right. Of course. But, but yeah, if you're just, if you're literally just putting it out there to get a bunch of people to, whatever check in respond. on you or, or respond or whatever i think that there are obviously some some deeper issues going on there and you shouldn't get your support from your instagram following i yeah. think honesty versus uh, transparency yeah. is those are two different things yeah mm. whether you're honest about what's going on in your life and or transparent about what's going on in your life are two separate things and so none of it is actually anyone's fucking business <laughs> to begin with yep. but you've chosen to get on an app mm-hmm. on a brick that we hold in our hands and share things that can maybe help someone else. Yeah. So to begin with, to a de- to default, it doesn't fucking matter to any of you, but I've chosen or Cody's chosen or Matt's chosen to take time out of our individual lives to write up something that we feel is beneficial in some way and post it Mm -hmm. and what we choose to share was none of your fucking business Mm -hmm. and at the same time we've made it your business yeah (laughs) so because it's on a because it's on a it's on a social platform and that in saying that as coaches and people that are trying to again have purpose and be useful we're trying to be useful in a way that is helpful and Mm -hmm. To bring on a lot of negative energy or ask or do, what was that, virtue Virtue signaling? Virtue signaling, yeah. And using that to then get attention for whether it's a product or a service that we're selling or just attention in general of followers or likes or the the, the metrics um, or more the analytical side of the app itself is inherently, I think, wrong. But again, none of your fucking business. So. Um, that's, I think a different of a highlight reel. I think there's nothing wrong with showing a highlight reel. If that highlight reel is transparent, is transparent. Mm-hmm. and 
great like, way of putting it. Yeah, and if that highlight reel is transparent, then it's also honest. Mm-hmm. I'm like what you would see on my story. Like, although I'm not a great example because I'm a private person, I don't. Sh- I sh- very sh- I share very little on my Instagram in general. Um, besides when I want to, and then I'll be vulnerable and I'll say some shit that you're like, Oh, I didn't think you would actually say that. Mm. Um, when I want to be, and Mm -hmm. I feel like if it's helpful, then I'll say it. If I don't, then I won't. Um, but like, I'm not going to show you this lavish life of like what we, like I drive, which is now maybe totaled a 2012 (laughs) Ford escape that we got from my great uncle for $10,000. Um, when we moved back from Australia, like we live in a studio apartment in, in Denver. That's nice, but under our means and not fancy. Right. And it's like, but I'm not, that is also what I'm showing you. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. where people are getting lost in this highlight reel is if, if it and I've seen this done, if it misaligns and doesn't line up. So, right. and also if my personality doesn't line up, but, I've so like you meeting me for the first time, you meeting me for the first time. I'm hoping I'm the person you thought I was going to right, be yeah. when you met me. Right. Right. And those things naturally align if you are transparent and honest within your transparency. So I think that's where those lines can be blurred and where they need to be defined. And also I remembered what I was going to say earlier when I lost my train of thought. So when you said he's redeeming himself. Yeah. So when you, yeah, too intelligent to, to listen to do this. So I'm messing with when you, fuck, you maybe like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So basically earlier when you said you spent a year trying to be more comfortable with being by yourself alone in your mind that's one of the only times i'm actually comfortable is when i'm alone Mm. or within my own space and so it's quite interesting to hear that to where i see comfort and i almost retreat to my own internal space of alone or loneliness, but not loneliness, but a, a space of aloneness. You're yes. introverted. You're introverted. Um, I, I've always been an introverted person. I used to be shy, but I'm no longer shy. But I, I would still relate to being introverted to the point where I seek comfort in that aloneness. I don't know if that's an actual word, but we're using it. Yeah, solitude. Um, the basically. solitude, basically. Yeah. So and that, that's just an interesting thing you brought up. Is yeah. that something that that's something you worked on? But that's actually where I retreat to seek comfort, um, and so. I'm more uncomfortable in the situation we were in today in a large, in a crowd of a, hundred, a couple yeah. hundred people. Oh, right. Like that's more uncomfortable for me than me being by myself. Mm-hmm. Like I can be by myself for a very long time and be completely fine with it. Right. Um, which I think is very interesting just to, to separate all three of us as a whole as personalities, but also to understand what we do for a living and how we translate and communicate information to a fairly large mass of people (laughs) relatively, you know, to our importance in life um, as really no one on earth, but we, we have these, (laughs) we have these little niches of people that decide to listen to what we have to say. And it's, we're very fortunate to have that. Um, But it's very interesting how we all kind of are different people, but we all have this platform and space to communicate information on one topic. It's why we're here together right now. It's because we've, we have enough similarities and enough, things in common where yeah we can we we wanted to 
because this is the first time I've ever met Cody. I've met, I've met Austin before. And that was, that was one of the questions actually that I got. So it said, is it awkward meeting each other for the first time after being internet friends? It and, can be. Right. But I don't feel But awkward. like you said, you're so, the same, you're the same people that I expected. It's awkward be. when it misaligns. Right. Yeah. That's it. Then it's awkward. Yeah. Cause then you you start to ask. So I've, I've had awkward encounters with people that I've met online or built a relationship with, I guess, with online first and then met them in person because there was misalignment Mm -hmm. within their story, within their Mm -hmm. narrative they were telling online. And I'm intuitive enough and I would relate to having a high enough emotional intelligence to where I'm seeing through it, man. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. I, from the moment I met you, I got a different vibe than what you put out in your social. Like, of course. And that's why I'm very upfront with, like, why I told you earlier, like, yesterday, like, I'm not a very enthused person. Mm-hmm. I'm generally mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. But I'm not very enthused. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to see me jump up and down. Right. Ever. Right. Even if I'm like, out off my kilter drunk like on <laughs> drugs like right, right right i'm probably just going to be the same dude just in an altered state of saying weird shit yeah. like yeah as a whole like i'm not going to become more enthused of a person mm-hmm. um and so like when you see me on my story and it's like why doesn't he smile why doesn't he sound more mode like motivated or why doesn't he seem he's not adding yeah, what's up guys it's austin yeah. here at uh... why doesn't he have a youtube tutorial voice <laughs> when he's speaking about things and it's yeah. for me it's like that's not who I am and that's not what I'm like if you met me I hope I come off in the same way as like oh well you that's what that's what yeah. that's the vibe I get on your Instagram this story. is what and I it, thought and this that's is, how it is but that's yeah. but that's also why I think you connect with people and I think that's why like you talked about like we are gifted and super grateful for the audiences that we do have but that's why like people people can read through bullshit and I've I haven't met a ton of people like in this setting where it's like we met online for a long time and then we actually hung out and stuff, but you can read people through that. St- I mean, there's a reason why like we all randomly went from, Hey, let's do a random podcast interview to, Hey, you want to stay in Airbnb with me? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Like I like the, the people listening to this don't know, but me and Austin did a podcast and I emailed them right after I was like, Hey, can I have your number? I'm going to text you. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say to somebody, but yeah. it made sense because like we both kind of like connected in a weird way and then like we got on a podcast and i think you're the first message you sent me was like hey i usually fuck with people that follow a ton of the same people <laughs> oh, as me yeah. Yeah, or yeah. something like that and yeah. i was just like who is this guy well i was like the, i was I, I sent him a, an instagram dm and i was because i i heard about him i think from you maybe yeah, or me. something i heard him it from was me somebody yeah. some mutual interest because you dm and, me saying oh hey i i'm gonna dm all right, hey, I just DM'd Cody, actually. Yeah. That's funny, because you just got off a podcast or something. Right, well, I, yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, yeah. whenever I, I know that I'm going to fuck with somebody, if I look at who they follow, and they follow a lot of the same people that I also follow. It's a good start. Yeah, yeah it's a you. great start. And then, so, that's when it, that's exactly what I messaged you. I was like, yeah. hey, dude, this is, like, whatever. I was like, this is random, but I usually fuck with people, exactly what I just said, that, that follow a lot of the same people that I do, and we follow a lot of the same people. And you you were like, oh, shit, we really do. Yeah, yeah, and then we got on a podcast, and we had a bunch of shit in common. Yes, right? And then we yeah. got here, and we had even more. And, and you I asked think, me for my note, literally, just like thing, you said yeah. with Austin. Yeah, you, you asked me. Yeah. And I think, like, if you're just a real person, it's just going to end up that way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've never... I, I've met I've met random people who... I, I, 
I told one of you guys, like I was at the Luke Combs concert and somebody came up to me. It was actually a funny oh, yeah. scenario for them to come up to me because I was like double fisting beers. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> right. wearing like a jean jacket with fur on it, like at, at a country concert, which I had no business being at, but I, I took Shannon there. Cause she so loves I country. don't go high in public because I never know. Who I'm you're gonna scared that I'm going to run into someone that's going to be like excited to meet me and I'm going to be in this altered state <laughs> and they're going to be like that was a huge letdown no, luckily dude. I wasn't wasted yet but if right. I'm stoned though I'm yeah. I have little I already have little enthusiasm to begin with mm-hmm. but when I'm stoned you're like, very mellow I'm the most mellow like yeah, you, yeah. you may think I'm asleep yeah. I can imagine up. I can imagine so, that so it's chill. like so chill they could be the most excited person ever and I'm just going to shake your hand and be like Awesome. Cool, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a awesome. one-word answer. And like, awesome. In my head, I may be saying more, but what comes out is awesome. No, good. Awesome. <laughs> like, good, man. So that's essentially why I don't get high in public. No. See, and like, I was like, and this is what's funny is like about that whole being alone thing. Like, I chased loneliness because I am way more comfortable being around. Like, when I was a kid, I had to be doing something with somebody, with friends in public, like, 24-7. And even... I've just always been that way. Like I have to be around people and that's where I'm comfortable. And then like, if I'm alone, I'm uncomfortable, which yeah. made me uneasy because I was like, why aren't I comfortable with being by myself? Mm, that's a step And now I am. People don't take that step. Yeah. And, and I love it now, man. Like that's, and that's why I go trail walking every day is cause like, I like being alone. Like I don't get reception where I live either, which right. is even better because yeah. I just go of until like we got the cougar alert. I almost got hit by a deer the other day. Yeah. Oh shit. I, I carry a switchblade walking through the. You should dude. I bought her a really big switchblade. It's like a bear knife. Dude, it, it literally is. Fucking it's, Washington. It's huge. Like you flip, like you just hit a button and it just comes right out. It's, it's a like, machete. Dude, it's, it's a, the real deal. But like a deer, I was walking through the trails pretty early and a deer just heard me and just, just hopped over the trail and oh, I like shit. lost it. Yeah. Because we just had a flyer put on our, our door about cougar warnings. So yeah. I was like, like legit cougar, like oh, the yeah. cats. Yeah, like, not lying, not like an <laughs> not older women. There's older women really running women. around in the woods. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the animal. Yeah, but uh, but no, cool. like I saw this this girl at the Luke Combs concert, and she was like, "Hey, like this is really weird, but I love your podcast." And she's probably listening to this right now. And that's, I was like, "That's fucking amazing!" That's like so this cool. has happened to me. They're, they're the third time this has happened to me, and it's like the best feeling in the world because, like, going back to making an impact or like creating any kind of change like to run into somebody in public and know that like you're benefiting them mm-hmm. there's nothing better than that like right. that's like you and and like going back to what we were really talking about is i've had those conversations and and they're like man like you actually sound and like this is how you are on the podcast and i'm like i don't do multiple takes i hit record and i just yeah of course i just rant and it's just who i am like it'd be I, way harder to do the alternative so much harder. So what am i going to do act i'm a terrible fucking actor i'll tell you right <laughs> now, i don't take so. notes i don't write bullets like videos yeah. uh podcasts anything i'm just like i feel go like, yeah I someone just, someone asked me advice for podcasts like do you make notes i'm like nope yeah i've had that advice <laughs> that, that, that question like, me too. so what do you do and i'm like uh i have a conversation right and if it goes well it goes well if it doesn't, then fuck me. Because <laughs> I just paid hundreds of dollars to get this produced. Right. And God damn it. <laughs> Basically is what I, I say. <laughs> I don't even read the questions before I do them, to be honest with you. Uh, sometimes I read a question and I literally go, fuck, I should have read this mm. prior so I could like pull up some like studies or something. But oh, right. none of I my just, conversations bring up. That's the difference between Matt and I's podcast and your podcast, though. <laughs> it may be helpful for you to bring up studies. Matt and I have cornered ourselves to where we don't have to bring up a study. Yeah, that's very true. Because we're not talking about 
shit. Yeah. No. We're having a coffee shop conversation. <laughs> like this. And if anyone talks yeah. about yeah. scientific literature, Which, coffee shop conversation, then fuck off. This yeah. is a good this is a good segue because I got a question about something and Shannon just finally sent me the picture. It's Traverse City Whiskey Company. That's, that's not from Kentucky. Traverse? Is that from Kentucky? Oh wow. Where uh, where's Traverse City? I don't know, but it's if gotta it's, be if it's bourbon if it says, whiskey. If it says county, then it's fucking from Kentucky. Traverse. It might be. They go from county. county. I've never heard of that before, but I American mean, Cherry dude, there's, Edition. There's man. so many different small whiskeys. batch and handcrafted. It's a, it's really there's good. so many though so, in Kentucky. So people so. don't know we we were trying to figure out a certain bourbon that Cody said he had had from Kentucky, and we were trying to figure out what brand it was, and now we finally figured it out. And somebody else, Adam underscore Fig ninety three, uh, apparently. He just said wine. That was his response to the question box. We're drinking <laughs> uh, Cabernet. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, From Chateau St. Michel, which is actually the first winery. This is the place that I took Shannon on our first date, the winery. And I took her into like a secret room. It is good Oh, yeah. Wine. Tell that story. For yeah, It was, was pretty dope. cool. And I felt like Batman, but I didn't mean <laughs> to be. Because we were looking for this. You stumble upon game. We, I, yeah, I stumbled upon game. It was the best <laughs> thing ever. So I took Shannon to this place for our first uh, date, like actual date. So I took Shannon to Poitier. Do you guys have a Puerto Vallarta? It's pro- maybe just Washington. It's like a. It's not a shithole, but it's like a. It's like a Mexican chain restaurant. Oh, um, I've seen the restaurant chain. It's yeah. good. It's a really yeah, good yeah. place, but like. I know what you meant by that. I, so, so like we, it wasn't a blind date in the sense that we've never, which is funny. I actually got a question on my Q and I didn't answer it, but they were like, how did you meet Shannon? What is your relationship advice? I'm like, I don't have any, but my relationship advice is don't take other people's relationship advice. hundred percent. That's the, that's the best relationship. That's the advice same thing ever. with parenting too. Don't take other people's parenting advice. Cause they will just give you advice that applies to their child. Everything their is individual. Same as training and nutrition. Yes. Same as life. Don't take other people's advice. Take other people's. Follow principles, and if a principle makes sense, you can test it if you want. Did it work? Yes or no? If not, throw it all, throw it out. Like principles never change, methods always do, or is it methods always change, principles never do? Something like that. Probably, like, yeah. It's there's the principles and there's methods. Everybody else's methods. That's my point. But yeah, uh, I, I met Shannon. She hates when I tell this, but I met Shannon on Instagram because Matt's we had mutual folks. friends and stuff. But <laughs> had to piss hard. That's that's the reality of. I met Today's, my girlfriend on Instagram. That's on what it is now. She hates when I tell people. I'm like, that's literally what happened. Yeah. And I it's met funny, my wife what, in England. And nerd. unless not you're Austin, what a travel nerd. the world. What a nerd. Let me show you the place we met. World traveler. You're going to put me to go, shame. Go, go I, I met Shannon on fucking Instagram. Dude, and I picked her up for our first date and I had re- reservations at a nice restaurant. And she gets in my car and the first thing she said to me is, Where'd you put my phone, Matt? It's gone, bro. I don't have your phone. Oh, no, I'm just It's up there. Go ahead. I said, uh, I said, well, I have reservations. We're going to head uh, north. And she goes, oh, no. And I was like, what? And she was like, no, we're going to go to Puerto Vallarta. And I was like, what? And it's the Mexican restaurant down the street. I don't feel that comfortable going that far. So oh, really? It's the first time I met you. And I was just like. She's demand- making demands. Okay. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yes, like, ma'am. Yes, yeah, ma'am. exactly. What do I say? <laughs> like, so, like, we went to this little Mexican restaurant down the street. And I proceeded to order a fucking family platter size uh, fajita, like, dude, like the biggest thing you can order. I ate so much fajita. She ate like <laughs> right. this, like little tiny thing. Right, right. Um, dude, she asked me. Fuck, she's a she's a bulldog. She asked me. She's a bulldog or a pit bull, <laughs> pit bull. I guess you would call it. <laughs> okay, okay. She asked me every like question that you probably shouldn't 
ask on a first date. Oh, really? She like really? Oh, wanted, dude, like she past betting, relationships, she like betting you. faithfulness, like everything. Okay. And I was just like, fuck. She ain't wasting time. Oh, she wasn't wasting time. And I was like, I'm just going to be fucking honest with you. <laughs> I made some mistakes. And well, I just yeah. opened it up and it went fucking great. But, um, and then like, obviously went on like an actual first date and I took her to Chateau St. Michel, mm-hmm. this winery up in Woodenville, Washington. So it's like an hour drive from where we were. And we get there for this private wine tasting and we go to the front desk and I'm like, Hey, we're here for the private wine tasting. Like, where do we go? And she goes, Oh, follow me. And she turns around behind her desk and opens a fucking bookshelf. Yeah. And the bookshelf opens up to a room and all these people are waiting for us to yeah. come in. We were like the youngest couple that came in. Yeah. And that's actually how I got into wine. And now we drink wine every week. Now no, I'm like it's, a, it's now legit. I'm like a wino. It's legit. Did you just make me feel like piece of shit? Austin took his Dude. his wife to a fucking castle in London for their first date. <laughs> no, no, no. So, he lives in a fairy tale. So. You literally <laughs> live in a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. So Jesus. So this is actual. Is that Prince Diana's or Princess Diana's <laughs> house? So it's a manor home. Or is it Queen Diana? It's a manor. Home? I don't know. It's a hundred and it's not called a home. It's it a does, manor. It doesn't matter. It's a hundred and twenty six room manor home. Hundred and twenty six rooms? On uh who needs that? So this guy's name was well, first, this guy's name was Gregory Gregory. So <laughs> the definition of Sir, Talladega Nights. Is he Sir Gregory Gregory? No, he wasn't that important. Gregory, he, was just, he was just rich. Gregory. We actually share a birthday though, October 9th. Uh, um so anyways, he he built this mansion off his, you know, his his uh basically uh inherited, inherited fortune. Wealth, yeah. Right. So he built this manor home. This is this is of the times uh in old old England where you're you built your life's the one way to show your wealth was to build these estates, these manor homes, like Downton Abbey and like mm. these, these, these manor homes, um, with a staff and a garden and like right. all this, all this shit. Right. Yeah. But anyways, this was actual, this was a college. Um, yeah. and I studied abroad here and my wife was interning at this college that's ran out of this immaculate countryside manor home and just North of London. And, three to four months into the I guess it would have been three and a half or so months into the relationship we'll say mm-hmm. when she asked for my number right wow so it was really? like we were about to part ways um and she was like can I have your number <laughs> so like we can like text yeah and so it was a beautiful way to meet um because we didn't send a text message per se for like the first four months of our relationship. Right. Um, our first four dates were in like four different countries. It was just this insane way to meet. Um, and I come from very humble beginnings. So this is not like my life as mm-hmm. a whole, but mm-hmm. like this was this four to five months period of my life an amazing opportunity. Um, yeah. But I just happened to meet my wife there. Uh, like what are the odds though what are the odds and she grew up like 30 miles away dude the coincidence with me and my girlfriend is absolutely insane as well the odds of her coming from uh and if she her hometown in iceland east of Fjordar. yeah i'm boring in, as fuck in iceland no 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 jesus we had like class in that. She, she's from england we had class in that room that was like our class. Austin's our- showing his pictures, so you guys can just chill, do whatever um, you want. But yeah, we're gonna talk. No, so together. she's from <laughs> she's from Kentucky. So we grew up thirty miles away, but we met here. Right. That's what's that's what's super. Oh, weird. that's wild. That's like yeah. fucking right. the Notebook. Right. Right. Not literally, but right. Like, no, I get it. It should be a movie. But also, yeah, with my girlfriend, that's the staircase. A thousand people, a thousand people from uh, this little town in Iceland, this little sheep sheep town, and like well, fishing town basically, in East Fjordar in Iceland, and. 
we end up meeting through the gym and through social media at the University of Kentucky after she had already moved several times. So it's just the 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 so many so many of the hoops and things that like that's but so it, insane. But it happened. It's all by accident, right? I mean, like yeah. Well, that's so and that's what like somebody. So, so like I, this is actually funny. I went through it like so. My best man at my wedding was my brother, and then my best friend, who is also one of Shannon's best friends, we were like, hey, like, we want you to have a speech too, because he really wanted to have a speech. Travis, who's listening to this, because he edits my podcast and my media, he's my best friend. (laughs) And he was like, he he, he basically was like, "I, I don't know if you want me to speak, but I wrote a speech already. And I was like, we want you to speak, like, go for it. And he was talking about it and he was like, so we were living together and Cody just randomly was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to have a relationship. And I watched Cody go on countless blind dates and come home and was just like, nope, no way in hell. Like, yeah, not what she looked like or not how she sounded like, like just what, just horrible things. And then I was finally like, I'm done. With, like, this is, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to go on any dates or anything like that. And then Shannon, so I went to high school with three people that Shannon worked at with in multiple locations and our, my mom and her dad went to high school together. Um, her uncle and my dad worked together completely Mm -hmm. separate. Like so many weird connections that are like, like some of them we found out at our wedding, like people walked up to me. They were like, you're a McBroom. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm sorry, who are you? And they're like, I'm Shannon's Cousin's best friend. I've known her since she was little. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy. Serendipity. And it's it's just weird how the universe brings people together. Because we have no, like, close, close friends that connected us. But we have so many weird, like, one-off connections that Mm -hmm. ended up somehow. Yeah. Thank God for Instagram. Yeah. So my story like that was my wife's cousin, who she grew up with. Her first underage drinking ticket my dad gave her while she was visiting a casino in Evansville, Indiana, like, which is super fucking ironic. So that was like, that would have been probably (laughs) six years or so before we would have ever met my wife and I. So she, my wife was with that, this cousin at Chick-fil-A and my dad and his wife get lunch most Fridays at Chick-fil-A and basically Cassandra, my wife walks into this place with her cousin and was like, Oh, Hey, Austin's dad's here. I'm going to go say hello. And she like stopped in her tracks and she's like, that's the guy who gave me like arrested me for underage drinking. (laughs) And it's just, it's, it's those fucking serendipity moments of like, wow, that's wild. Yeah. (laughs) That really is crazy. No, it is. and then we met four thousand miles away. So it's just yeah, like, that is, that is weird. Yeah, that's, that's it's super, super fucking weird. How long have we been going on this? We've been going uh, hour and twenty. All right, let's let's try to. So I got what do you got? I miscounted. I got five different people who sent hearts. So bro, who who sent us hearts? Uh, I got hearts. Demi dot fit, Nash D fitness, the Lori called them out. The your right eyes. Demi.fit actually sent it more than once, so the thank Le- you. The Leo Rise. Yeah. Different type of I got parts. that one, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. Right. Wait, who else did you say? Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, like, thank you, but it's I mean, not a question. <laughs> but I appreciate it, because I, I hope that means that you actually enjoy what we're doing. So I got I got four, I got three <laughs> that are actually applicable. One, 
you'll have to go see a medical doctor for that. The lupus one? Yeah. And I just, honestly, like, I just don't feel comfortable discussing no, that conversation. No, no, see no. a physician. Yeah. 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 It's all right. Um, and, and to be and like the most advice I can give you, there is no, she said, basically, are there any differences in counting macros with lupus? Don't even worry about macros right now. Like see a physician. Yeah. Like it's not like, that's not the, <laughs> I repeat, that's not the biggest thing. So I feel like based on the conversation we're having, there's a few of these that I'm like, uh, so like basically like, okay, so one, the maroon mat maven functional training exclamation point really want us to talk about functional training, but I feel like that's, it's a can of worms. I don't, I don't know where we could go with that. Oh man. I like functional training. Let me think. What is functional training? Define <laughs> functional. That's okay. what, yeah. So let's get into it. Functional training to me is any type of training that actually enhances your life. So I think people take functional too literally sometimes and they will get into the semantics of, well, an overhead press is more functional than a barbell press because when do you horizontally press something off of your chest when you have it? Like, well, no, I'm never getting randomly crushed by something while I'm laying on the floor and I have to bench press it off my chest and I lift more boxes up on shelves, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. But to me, functional fitness is more of like, does this enhance my life? And what enhances your life is different for every individual. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm okay saying that aesthetics does enhance my life because I feel better when I look good and I feel better when I have muscle, but I also feel better when my joints don't hurt. Mm-hmm. And I feel better when, uh, so like a big one for me is I've had multiple knee surgeries and I couldn't kneel on the floor with my daughter when mm-hmm. she was born. Like I never cared about the range of motion of my knee until I had a daughter because I couldn't get on the floor. Mm-hmm. And like, then it really mattered to me. So then I was like, okay, let me like work on this. And then I actually tore it again and I had surgery gotcha. and now I can actually do it because I finally did it the right way. Uh-huh. Long story short, it's been tore for five years and I didn't know. And that's why I couldn't kneel. But Jesus. yeah. And then I snapped all the way. Wow. Well, rolling glad, out of bed. I'm glad it's, <laughs> I'm glad it's better. Now. Yeah. So, but, but my point being is I think functional fitness is, is really just anything that allows you to a get you to your goals and B does it in a way. So three things, one, it gets you to your goals Two, it, it gets you to your goals while still enhancing your life. Okay. So if you are, and this is like, we, we touched on bodybuilding prep for a second. I never regret doing the physique competition, but I'll probably never do it again because it doesn't enhance my life. I think having the experience enhanced my life because it taught me so much. Same here. But repeatedly doing that wouldn't personally enhance my life because that's just not where my life is and it's nothing against competing. But whatever goal you are chasing, your journey to that has to also enhance your life in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the third thing is that it has to somehow lead to not necessarily better joint function, but it definitely can't impair joint function. Right. If you're doing training that hurts your joints and makes you feel achy or crippled or any way or move less efficiently, right. that's not functional. If you're functioning worse, yes. it's not very functional. But functional fitness isn't bouncing on a BOSU ball and doing an overhead press. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I think mine will probably be quicker than wait because you'll probably have a better answer than me. But for me, functional would be like, Whenever I think about that, I think of it as in like you you have muscle. So you have the lifter and then you also have your conditioning down as well. So it, it's kind of like your, your average day like CrossFitter. Kind yeah. of that whenever I think of functional training. Not burnt out. Right, right, right. Exactly. I think of, I think of somebody who can, who can lift weights, who has a decent amount of muscle mass. They have a decent amount of strength. They have a decent amount of flexibility. They have a decent amount of conditioning. Yeah. So they have kind they're just kind of they're healthy. Yeah, yeah. They're just overall, whenever you think of a healthy individual, 
that's kind of how I think of, of functional training. In the, in the, the uh, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. I think the caveat there is like, I think that's, and that's what I love. And that's mm-hmm. like where I like to be personally. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I will say I could be bigger. I could be leaner. I could be more conditioned and I could be healthier. Of course. If I chose one of those. Right. Routes. Well, you're the generalist. You're exactly. Like, I, and I think like that's important for people to see because they want to be like absurdly excellent at all of those things right. at once. And it's like, no, you can be really good at all those things, but you're not going to be shredded to the gills and really healthy right. and really flexible. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have Technically, to you could, you could, you know, like block periodize it or something and focus on one ad- adaptation at the, at or the time. Or have no, I want to say this in a way that's not uh, discriminating because I, I, I like Marcus Philly. I think his content is really great. I think he comes out with some great exercise creations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he and I'm actually glad he did this. He made a post the other day and it was it was a picture of him or something. And he basically talked about like what it takes to do what he does. Mm. And he was like, I go to sleep at 8 p.m. I wake up at 5 a.m. I do a sauna and a hot tub every morning. I do mobility. I prep all of my meals. I, I don't drink alcohol. Like it was like to a point where I was like, I couldn't sacrifice that amount to look like you and, and perform like you. Right. He so he's almost on, yeah, he's an anomaly. But that makes him happy. So I would never hate on that. You know what I mean? So, But I think it's it was really cool for him to be transparent with that post because I think a lot of people see how ripped he is and how strong he is and how conditioned he is and how healthy he is. And he's like, they're like, oh, I can do that. And it's like, well, understand what that takes. Right. You also have to sacrifice X, Y, Z. 10 hours of sleep a night, no alcohol, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, sauna yeah. every morning, meal prep every meal. Like it's right. very, very specific. So right. I... I couldn't do that. I don't want to do that, but yeah. I was very appreciative of him posting that and being very transparent about it. Right, of course. What do you think, Austin? So I'm, I'm gonna have a short answer, but <laughs> I think to the lay person, uh, to the average gym goer, uh, the 99% of the people that go to the gym want to be relatively strong and they want to be relatively lean. They want to feel confident. Um, and I think it's important in that to do a larger bulk of multi-joint compound movements that bring on, bring upon that strength function and overall muscle mass or accumulation or growth or whatever you want to say um, in the process. So that to me is functional. Um, and so it doesn't have to be a separate entity of training altogether. It just needs to be or include more volume or allocation towards compound multi-joint movements that are going to mimic your daily movements such as the deadlift the squat overhead press these complexes that mimic daily movements or movements of just general life or if you're in a health profession the adl the activity of daily living or life um, it's going to improve that situation and give you relatively Relative strength and relative leanness um, and improve your life. So I could agree with that. That's yeah. functional training yeah, to I me. Think, yeah, you're a well-rounded this is, this is kind of type person. What is more functional, squat or deadlift? Well, we talked about we talked about the... They're different movements. Right. We talked about... You have to pick one. We talked about the number one exercise. I'm, I'm we doing this choose. on purpose because, <laughs> because <laughs> I agree with you. We talked about if you could pick one exercise for the rest of your life. What squat would be? because there's more... <clears throat> Squat because there's more degree of there's more degree of change in the joints mm. um, 
in the movement pattern. So your knee will, your knee and hip will travel through greater range of motion and it will bring in more general tissue. I think in a more functional movement pattern or way than a deadlift would. So like my original answer was going to be the deadlift simply because I feel like a deadlift is more real life scenario. Like you're more likely to pick something up off the floor, but then in, in a sense you could argue that you could squat something off the floor too. But you're taught to but bend I also, your knees. Yeah. But, but I also, but I also never, I didn't think of like the range of motion component. I literally, my first thought was like, I always pick shit up off the floor. So deadlift, but like, that's a very good answer because you're going through a greater delta, hundred percent of, uh, joint change so greater degree of joint change um <laughs> well now like slurred a little bit right what, there what what, yeah. what would you what would you pick if you had bar. to pick one exercise for the rest of your life oh the heel elevated trap bar deadlift yeah oh there we, you go we discussed this i love that exercise yeah, yeah. love that exercise. we both said the same thing actually well i didn't say the heel, heel elevated, elevated okay so how about like, this three exercises bar. pick three three for the rest of your life no rep ranges no volume nothing just three exercises and, but take into consideration that you are going to be able to do these multiple times per week. You're going to be able to change the volume and the intensity and the rep range, all that stuff multiple times per week. So you can essentially do daily undulated periodization with whatever already, you choose. I've already got mine. I would do a trap bar deadlift, uh, some type of pull up or chin up, and then a press, like a bench press or something. Literally just like a dumbbell bench press. Mm-hmm. I think that would, that would be. Yeah. Mm, that would be mine. I like that. I think we do a chin up. I'm going to get more specific than you, but that's fair. I like Austin's that. over here contemplating. He's thinking I would go with I would go with the trap bar deadlift as well. Yes. Um, I, I I I like deadlifts personally. Like, and this is purely like what I have more fun with. I like deadlifts much more than squats. I just have more fun doing oh, yeah. them. Um, so not including what is more fatiguing or what's more benefit. Like, I just like deadlifting. Right. But I would choose a trap bar because if I'm doing it a lot, trap bar is going to be a lot more safe. So I would go with a trap bar deadlift. I would go with a neutral grip, chest-supported machine, but plate-loaded machine, mm-hmm. T-bar row. Okay. I love that exercise. I'm a, I would much rather horizontal pull than, than vertical pull personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would uh, go with a bicep curl. <laughs> I'm just fine. I'm just fine. I wouldn't go this. I would go. <laughs> Functional training my ass, <laughs> I would go with a... Uh, a dumbbell bench press uh, with a semi-neutral grip for sure. I, yeah, like yeah. dumbbells just feel better for me, but Absolutely. I would, it's a toss up between a dumbbell bench press and a dumbbell floor press because okay. I enjoy overloading, but, yeah, but I, then. but I, I have more, I was going to say I have more versus like just, I can create more variety of how I'm stimulating the feels muscle on better. a bench press. Feels better. Maybe if you had sand, it would be kind of cool. Cause I think mm-hmm. about being on an Island yeah. whenever we're doing these. Austin's over here. He's got quantum mechanics going on inside his head right now. It's like <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm gonna keep Tyson. No, yeah, I'm gonna keep this one simple. So <laughs> band resisted, single leg, staggered, <laughs> <Yeah>. overhead. <laughs> no, no, no. So my three movements. I'll, I'm gonna be similar to both these guys in, in, in the sense of, in terms of the way that. So this is obviously so this is a personal thing. You're not just recommended. This is just what we would just do. for you, right? Okay, so this I'm is really not medical advice. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm set up really well in my my build um i don't need any more but yeah thank you he's cody's filling back up our, our wine glasses <laughs> you gotta here. kill this bottle are we done oh yeah we got so we've we've killed two bottles here so i i have the femur length um of a person that is four foot eleven <laughs> and i have the wingspan of someone that's closer to six foot and you got a beard of a dwarf um <laughs> and the beard of a of a 
groomed much, much better. And which I will say, Mike Israel petted your beard today. He did. Uh, he petted, that was cool. He <laughs> petted your beard. You know, you remind me of um, um, we were talking about Lord of the Rings. Who's the Gimli? Frodo? Gimli. Okay. Gimli. Yes, with the axe. I'm a Lord of the Rings. Uh, yes. Gimli. I was disappointed when you said that. You didn't like that. No. I don't. I don't dislike Lord of the Rings. I just haven't seen it since I was twelve. So <laughs> we should talk about this next after your after your. I really enjoy Lord of the Rings. That's fine. We should talk about Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. And so, anyways, that. I'm set up to do a lot of exercises very well. Um, I've I'm strong and I'm set up to be strong and I'm. I have strong, nothing. Strong, genetically strong, gifted. handsome. I have a great beard. Married his wife in England or whatever. <laughs> and a castle. Look, I got nothing to hide, guys. So. But he's not enthused, so just keep going. <laughs> keep going. I got nothing to hide. So oh. basically, no, I'm set up, though, to. I have very short femurs and very long arms. So I can squat well, I can deadlift well, um, and I can bench relatively well for my size. He's good at everything. <laughs> I'm mechanically set up to be good at these things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are, though. You I'm are terrible though. at reaching... Born for the iron. You, you are. Though. I'm terrible at reaching things off high shelves. My <laughs> wife does that for me. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm terrible at a lot of things. But the thing that I've chosen to dedicate my life to is, at no coincidence, I'm good at. Yeah. Um, so, works. anyways, I would do... Same to what Matt and Cody said. I would do, uh, for the sake of... Well, let's go stimulus to fatigue ratio, like we we're talking about at the seminar today, um, via uh, Mike Richertel. I would do a trap bar deadlift because okay. that brings upon more stimulus per rate of fatigue than a normal deadlift or a sumo deadlift would for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would choose a trap bar deadlift for the sake of that. And then I would choose a chin up again, um, hitting the really hitting the back, um, Terry's lats a little bit, um, doing my best to hit upper back when I could, uh, but also hitting biceps and then a press where you're hitting your chest and triceps, uh, and everything else. So what about rear delts? What press? They're less important. So rear delts are going to be because if you go all the way up, I don't know. So for a chin up rear delt, so you got to think of the orientation of the humerus um, relative to it's the fibers. Back. So if look I'm at, back like this. So if I'm pulling, if I'm pulling like this. So your rear delts are in this right, right here. Right, right. So this is actually lined up fairly your well. Elbow if you were to be higher. Yeah. Well, so technically to hit your rear delt, loosen up. Be, yeah, chill. If to, right, that's fully rear delt. Okay, but you are going to hit similar to most muscle groups. You don't. Especially as you desensitize to volume, mm. the volume to actually maintain the muscle groups you already have would be significantly less. Right. Therefore, by stimulating that tissue uh, at all, yeah. you would hang on to the tissue you have yeah. and somehow build, you would find a way to build more of it. You yeah. see, and that's part of the reason why I chose the T-bar row because where I place my elbow, I can oh, yeah, that's drag T-bar, low, get my T-bar is actually a good, uh, that's a, that's a little bit wider, and it's chest supported. So you can actually trap, rhomboid chest supported. So I can actually even go way high and I'm basically just doing rear delts, yeah. upper trap. You can also, get your erectors from the trap. Yeah. Well, you can also from the trap bar. Deadlift. You, you get, get everything that, or you would get everything that right. attaches to the pelvis yeah, essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. which yeah. is a lot of things, <laughs> your body, which is a lot of things, <laughs> yeah. all your torso musculature. Yeah. Um, and, most of your leg musculature is uh, other than your calf. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think those are those are all three solid answers. No, those are good. I like those. What, like what's the different lot. question? What, what should we should we go into food groups? I kind of like I like the food question yeah, a little ask bit. Ask it. Sushi is my favorite food group. Oh, dude, we yeah, need we to need order it. sushi, don't we? Okay, so like, what is the what food? What fucking time is it? What it's is the nine. food question? It's nine oh five. They close oh, at ten thirty. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. What's the food question? The food question. Well, so it's the same thing. If you could only, so if you're on, well, if you're on an island, should we do three foods or should we do one food? You tell us. Jerk one food. Three is too much. <laughs> three is too, too much. One. Oh, but you got to pair it with something. Let's. Let's no, do. Don't. Let's do one food and one <laughs> one food and one drink. What about that? What if you did? Yeah, if you're stuck on an island and you did okay. one food and one drink. Oh, that's tough. <clears throat> Wait. Okay. So let me let me ask for some context here. If I'm trapped on an island, does this mean like I can bring one food, one drink to the island? No, this is supplied food. Okay. So like, but, like, like what I'm saying is like, there's coconuts on the island. I can go f- f- get. So the natural habitat on the island, that's what you're saying. Can, yeah. Can natural I, habitat no. is unknown in this situation. You're you're playing Russian you're it's Russian roulette. But it's not off limits. It's not off limits, but it's okay. Russian roulette. Okay. So you can imagine, but you could be very wrong. Okay. I'll take that. Mm. And you could also have the dangerous effect of other animals on the island that could smell your Think food. of prehistoric Australia. Oh yeah. Dude. Where there's wombats the size of Wom- like fucking a wombat. <laughs> Have you seen a wombat? I don't know what the fuck a wombat is. Let me show you. Now that I'm uh, trying to think about, brutal. I've definitely heard of a wombat. I have watched Lost enough that I know exactly mm. the, oh, the so situation. Well, then you go. go you bit. go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think, like, we'll think. piggyback and, and you, cherry pick your answer. You have to watch Lost, by the way. Yeah, clearly. But it's, because and this is this I, this is going to make me sound like an alcoholic, which I'm not. I literally drink once a week. He, he's drinking literally this entire time. <laughs> I haven't stopped. You know, wombats poop squares, by the way. Oh, what? They poop squares. That's weird. That's super Anyways, weird. Go on. Super um, weird. I would I would actually choose a a really good cabernet for my drink. What? Yeah. Because, Alcohol. Oh, they're like a little. Well, so like here's the thing: is like type thing. So if if I was trapped on an island, I would create a a filter of some sort to filter the salt out of the water. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Because. If you're on the island, there's obviously water all around you. I would find a way to filter out the salt to drink the water. And if I couldn't filter out the salt, I'd still drink it. It would just taste like shit. With our current technology, How would you that know? is a very energy expensive, difficult process to begin with. So There's certain tools, though, aren't Yeah, there? you can make there's tools, fire, something. salt water, but I know like well, even you can drink, water, you can drink like clear water. Well, anyway, either Fresh way, water. like there's going to be water on this island. And if I can find my way up a coconut tree, I can extract the coconut and drink the water slash milk out of the coconut. Coconuts. I would get hydrated is my point. So if I'm going to bring on one liquid be there, it's not going to be diet root beer, which is my favorite beverage. It's going to be wine because every once in a while I want to loosen the fuck up. Bro, you're on a... I'm, I mean, I know. Well, Cody, so, so Cody lost. He's he's out. He's, he died. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> he died. From the alcohol. I haven't, died. I haven't given my, Wait, my food. food yet. Oh, sorry. Go my ahead, food. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I would probably, uh, it would probably be a lot of some form of steak or ground bison beef, something like that. So you're carnivore right now. I mean, but it's, it's protein and fat and I would eat plants yeah, so I would just, I would choose a a fatty, high, a really high quality protein that has good fats in it. Interesting. And and even then, like I'm assuming there's coconuts on this island. I don't know why, but mm. that's my assumption. And you're a big coconut guy. I'm a apparently. coconut guy, and I would get some out. fats from that too. So okay, I'm going keto on the island. Is my point. You're going keto on the keto island. or carnivore, dude. I, 
I don't know, man. Which I would neither one of those I could truly. The one thing that I keep thinking about and that I know that wouldn't be as good on the island because it would just be gross because you're probably going to be super hot. I keep thinking of whole milk. And I think of whole milk because yeah, it's just, that is disgusting. It it is, but also I think it would also be delicious. It's a it's a it's packing it, a nutrient punch. We're talking I mean, about, so a, I'm talking about like freezing cold like whole milk, dude. I'm telling you, whole milk because you got you got you got the proteins, carbs, fats. You're you're good to go. Like literally, you've got think of breast milk, super food. But, but you're also on an island. Breast There's got to be fish. There's got to be wild hogs. Something running around. There's probably going to be defeats, vegetation. This defeats. This defeats are the purpose of this question because but, then we're, we're we're we've got too many alternatives. But does it? Like you're bringing. That's why I brought wine because okay. I'm going to bring something right. I'm going to enjoy. So you're chilling, and you can. You Most can, people get trapped on an island. They don't bring shit, and they okay. they'll survive off the land. That's. That's fair enough. Maybe what? I'm going outside the boundaries. That one time I got trapped enough. on an island, I was fine. So. <laughs> you guys are idiots. When, I've watched, when you met your wife. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm thinking of Lost right now, and I watched what they scavenged for. They didn't bring food. And no, that's fair. That's fair. It's such no. a good show. You guys got to watch that. No, you would like it. You would enjoy it. So you you would choose steak, steak and wine. I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not super super opposed to that. I would probably choose more something. I would probably choose maybe some potatoes. Potatoes and whole milk. That's Pota- potatoes, potatoes. What are you Irish? Potatoes and whole milk. No, 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 no. That wouldn't be. Are it. you Irish? That wouldn't be it. Uh, no, I think I'm Scottish. I'm I think Irish. part Scottish. Well, my I have an Oma. I have a my uh, grandma was full, full German. She wow. was like hardcore German. Uh, Inga. Yeah. That was um, her name. Inga. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Full, like she had a heavy, thick German accent That's as well. Potatoes and whole milk. Man. No, no, no. See, I thought of potatoes as fuck. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I thought about potatoes, but then I was like, no. If I could just choose one food, it wouldn't just be potatoes. But potatoes would milk. be smart if you actually think you about it. I mean, there's like a there. full potato diet. But then again, potassium I think some of the ingredients that so you got you got potassium in the in the potatoes, but there's also potassium in milk as well, and the potassium is also fortified with vitamin A and D. And then you've got the protein, so carbs, the and sun. fats. And then, but then I would have to choose some type of, I would probably have to choose some, I would choose like salmon. Maybe there salmon. There you go. That would be smart. Then that's similar to salmon my, my thought pretty, process. Healthy fat, healthy solid. protein. You actually need those to survive. You don't it'd need be, the carbs. Like, pretty, yeah. yeah. So I'd go coffee. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Get some coffee in there. You'd be energized enough on life that you're still alive. <laughs> you're yeah, you're no you're shit. you're trying to survive. You're fucking. And also, if I'm alone on an island, I don't want to feel alive, anyways, because <laughs> there's nothing to fucking you do. You don't even feel alive right now. You're just not enthused. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, I would go with um, I would go with salmon as my protein choice. That's fair. Okay. Or my food choice. Just fucking coffee here. No. I probably would have went with that if I thought of it. To be honest with you, once you said, <laughs> I, I told like, you that's why you guys are going first. Come piggyback. Yeah. You have a register. I mean, I'm no. taking the registered dietitian's no, no, no. approach. It's all good. Um, so I would do salmon uh, for for a food, and I would do uh, I would do Gatorade as my drink yeah. choice. Ah, Gatorade. Would be so you, you're covered. Although it's a poor Much electrolyte, smarter. it is. It's it's low in its density of electrolytes per serving over time as much as you would drink to stay hydrated. Yeah. What would be a heavier, get, a more electrolyte drink? Pedialyte. What would actual Pedialyte is... Or were you saying... Coconut pedi- water would be... Yeah, I was going to say coconut water. Yeah. yeah. That's what coconut water is a better... <clears throat> overall... Much, what is it? So that, Coconut water has more stats. potassium per I don't know serving. the stats. I don't think you're fighting animals to get coconuts off the island. No, that's, that's, I mean, that was we're, again, we're, we're really assuming that there's coconuts on this fucking island. I know. And I feel like a piece of shit because I, I said wine. You are. I mean. You are a piece of shit. That, I mean, that was low. 
But uh, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to find some kind of liquid there, hopefully. Dude. And even salt water has electrolytes in it if you really want it. So the best price on a, on a filter to filter salt water. I would, so you were I would make one out of sand, so bamboo, I, string, and guys, leaves. Guys, freedrinkingwater.com. Freedrinkingwater.com. The listed price for this is $2,300. But you can get it at an all-time sale price of $1,349. Damn. So... I mean, act now because Jesus. it's almost 50% off, guys. Who is still listening to this podcast? Okay, so what scale I want water to know. Let's wrap up with one final question. That's what I want to know. Do you have Do you have a final? I mean, uh, my, my girlfriend asked, can you all start using TikTok because Instagram is dying? I don't think Instagram is dying. I think that's a, that's a glorified statement. I think TikTok is on the rise. But I also think that TikTok is on the rise because Gary Vaynerchuk has stocks in it and he is pushing the fuck out of Dude, it. Dude, but he doesn't have any stock in it. At least according... Are you sure? According to him, he said that he said he, he posted how much stock I have in TikTok. Oh, and so he posted that. I was completely that was completely just because I would I agree. Listen, I'm a hardcore Gary Vaynerchuk fan, and I will defend him to my death. I and, think it's and, but I'm also I'm also skeptical as well because I'm like, why is he pushing? Why would he be pushing this so hard? But he's also pushed other things in the yeah, past because he has the ego that he wants to be historically correct. Of course, hundred percent. So that's and I don't have like all my ducks in a row with Instagram. Like I have other things that like. If Instagram crashes, whatever. But I don't think it's going to. Dude, but I think I, it's. I also I I do well, I do still there. So. I do worry about it somewhat because I do have some of my most active followers, quote unquote, or whatever, on Instagram, and I get a lot of clients through Instagram. So I think about like, oh, if Instagram did fall like fall through tomorrow, like how how would my business do as a result? Facebook owns Instagram. Facebook's going nowhere. All right. Of Therefore. Course. Unless Mark Zuckerberg <clears throat> dies and in his will puts inst- or Facebook must die right, when right. I die, right? then yes, maybe. But that's definitely not the case. Yeah. Therefore, Facebook isn't dying. Yeah. Google's not but dying. The in- but the algorithm, I don't know if uh, you guys, it might just be my shitty content. But I'm just saying like I can definitely tell as far as my story views and also Instagram likes and engagement and things like that. It's like. I feel like it has definitely gone down from the past year or so. My, I saw a trend down and then I saw a trend go way up. So like, that's fair. That's fair. But I think the thing d- is that I'm still gaining followers. Like, so gaining no, well, so like, things, so like I, I did a couple things. Like I, I just, I started researching into more things of like, and so I got a creator account and then I started just trying to figure out like when my followers are actually online. Um, I d- tried to look into like, what do these people actually give a fuck about? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I combine the best timing, the creator account, what these people actually care about. And then after analyzing all those things, actually saying like, I really don't care. I'm going to post what I want to post anyway. Yeah. And I started kind of unfiltering myself. Like the combination of those, those things actually helped my engagement quite a bit. Cause I saw that and I heard everybody else tell me like, why is engagement going down? Why is yeah, the algorithm yeah. changing? I don't know why, but like I saw that too. Um, and there's obviously nothing like all we then, can do is. What and, we can well, do. and to add to that too is like this is why, like as a business owner, if anybody's listening that is business owners, like this is why you should have a podcast, you should have a Facebook page, you should have a newsletter, you should have yeah, a of course free giveaway that you give on your website, you should have a blog. Like <coughs> there's a lot of things that you should have that are elsewhere, right? right? right. Like if you, you put own. all of your ducks into one platform, that platform of owns course. you. And if you're not extracting information from other places, then... Right, right. And honestly, like, I I know for me, like, I accidentally did those things. Mm. And what I mean by that is that, like, I later on learned that, oh, it's smart for me to have these other platforms I'm focusing on. 
But the reason I did it was like, well, I can't give anybody anything on Instagram besides the picture and like a small caption. But if I get their attention and I send them to my podcast or my YouTube or my blog or like this ebook right. I created, I can give them way more value yeah. and a free resource. It's the middleman. It's the middleman. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an attention grab. No, like, no, no, I agree. And that's what I've been trying to do with it. I, I mean, also, I just try and have fun with it, to be honest. But then also, yeah, you have to be intelligent whenever it comes to business and filter it out to these other platforms and right. things like that but are you measuring your success on the platform from a business perspective or an analytical personal perspective right of course so like through likes and engagement as opposed to whatever client applications or yeah revenue per month or something like that mm-hmm. right yeah i don't fucking know because i don't pay attention on people. i don't, I don't know, pay I'm saying, hard enough i'm saying not, not that what you're doing now but i'm saying what you're talking what your your statements were previous to cody's statements saying that the algorithm was Make. Your engagement is down, mm-hmm. therefore Instagram is fading. Mm. The algorithm, you know, right, 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 right. Rats are taking over the world. <laughs> Things like that. Are you judging it from a business motive perspective of judging it on the success of actual business, or are you judging it from no? The it's, sense on, of it's on pure. It's well, personal analytical data of likes i would say on if i'm being 100 percent honest i think it would be a little bit of both i would think it would be a little bit i'm asking you to be but it's also yeah yeah you're right i'm gonna lie to you uh (laughs) but no i think i I do think it's it's a little bit of both but then also you also don't even know with the ebbs and flows of the personal personal training business like the time of the year like what's going on with people like just certain things and i haven't produced as much content on instagram lately because i've been working on things behind the scenes or whatever. So it's like, I can say my my engagement is down or whatever, but it's also like, I haven't even been posting nearly as much as like I used to post or something like that. Or I'm not like, I'm not putting the effort in as much as I used to as well. So it's like- I think it's helpful to think about those things too and understand where the dip in engagement based off algorithms that they've created based off your post rate and average engagement would go down mm-hmm. based off their algorithms because they see you doing X, Y, and Z. Therefore, right. these things automatically happen based off the algorithms that people smarter, way smarter than we are mm. wrote um, based off your current engagement in real time to their platform so they can make X yeah. amount of money, dollars, right? So. I think that's important, but I think it's important. Success lies in the metrics that you're currently tracking. And so if you're able to judge or have a criteria of proper metrics to track, then you can see success in a light where it may actually reign true instead of being kind of this false reality illusion illusion of 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 what is currently happening. You can't look at one thing. Of course. Right. And I think that like, the reality is, is like none of us will ever know what the algorithm is really doing because, yeah. and, and this could be completely false, but like, it, I would believe that, you know, like my following is growing and growing and growing, engagement is growing and growing and growing. All of a sudden I start getting these, Hey, this post is doing 85% better than every post. All right. Drop $10 to get this. And I say, no, I say no again. I say no again. All of a sudden my engagement goes down. You think maybe Instagram notices that you're popular and that like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they want you to pay money to boost a post right, and you course. don't so that they're going to wait till you do kind of thing. Right. So like what I do and, and I could share this with you guys, like I, I track 
this shit like I track my fucking macros. Like I literally have a breakdown Google sheet that shows me revenue, email subscribers, uh, ebook downloads, podcast downloads, Instagram followers, email subscribers, clients of the whole team of myself, mentor clients, whole revenue. Like yeah, this is why code is beast. He's every fucking- single fucking number. And then you can, at the end of each month, you can correlate everything and see what's growing and why it's growing. And if you see a bump in leads and you also see a bump right, in right, right. email subscribers, it's like, okay, well don't worry about fucking Instagram of because course. your emails connect to people on a much deeper level. And obviously that's what's correlated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like if somebody is just weighing in on the scale and they're getting frustrated and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, like, well, how's your gym progress? How is your sleep? How's your stress? Right. How's your mood? How are your, your circumference measurements? Right. Let's see your visual pictures. Like yes. we look at all these things and it's like, well, your scale isn't cooperating, but everything else it's is. one tool, right? So, and I think that's the problem with a lot of people in the training and nutrition industry is that they are trainers and not businessmen or women and they Mm -hmm. are not analytical about those side of things they are so engulfed into periodization of fitness but not of business and it took me a while to be this way because this is what i love to do so i didn't want to be like into business because i was like if i'm into business it takes me away from the passion inside of training and nutrition but then i realized like well if i periodize this and i and i track this and i be analytical about the business side of things just like i do with training and nutrition with myself and my clients then I can help more people. Right, of course. And then I actually achieve what I really want to achieve anyway. Compounding effect. Yeah, exactly. So that's been a game changer for yeah, me, Yeah, of man. course. How how analytical are you? Because I'm just, I'm so fucked. I'm so like, I'm I, so just like kind of shoot from the hip. I, so I'm, and I go straight off just feel. And I, I so I track, I track revenue. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's so, dude, but like. But I, then I also notice other things as well. I, I have a good, like, I know how many email subscribers I have compared kind of right. basically to last month, what my what my Instagram's doing. But I thought I did too. Right, And then, right, like, until, like, when I started seeing numbers, it, it showed me different. And I will say this too, though, is like, I'm a, like, I'm a tracker with everything. So I track uh, on a daily basis. I have a tap, like, I have literally, like, and my mentor actually checks this every, I talk to him twice a week, Mondays and Fridays, and he checks this off, and it's like, I have a tally system of like, did you meditate every day? Did you, did you give this week? It's a go giver. Mm. Did you have a date night this week? Did you, I have a thing called spouse takeover and it's like, did you take over the spouse chores for Shannon? Like, did you clean and do shit? Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? I like that. And did you drink your greens? Did you exercise? Did you journal? Like I have like daily numbers and then like a weekly like number and it leads to a a total grand total. And like, there's acceptable things where it's like, dude, I didn't meditate, but I did everything like. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, Cody, Cody's efficient. Yo. I, I track, I track a efficient. lot of things. And for some people, that's very stressful. Yeah. And like for some people, that would be like. Right. Because I hear that. I'm just like. I immediately think. I, I anxiety. Think, but, but, but I do a lot of a lot of those things that you said. I don't necessarily track it. But then whenever I think about it, I'm like, oh, I do do a lot of those things just on a weekly basis already. But obviously, like you said, we, we can think that we eat a lot less than we actually do or whatever mm-hmm. until we track it and then we figure well, out and that number just gives me awareness and it also gives me a sense i told you guys last night at dinner like it gives me a sense of control yes. i like having you do control like that. yeah and when i when i know that i can tally off something it makes me feel better about myself and to me that gives me momentum now, that right so like i think it, it all depends on the person i have people that i'll provide this task list for and it'll literally say walk journal Right. Mine has six things. Theirs has two. Right. right. Because it's all, it's all relative. It's yes. all individual. But no. for me, that works. You know yeah, what I mean? No. Of so course. It, yeah, it just clearly depends. What you're doing is, is, is working, I think. 
What about you, Austin? What I'm you, not that analytical. See, I didn't I didn't think so. I feel like we're more but I mean it's also why fucking Cody's over here pumping out a thousand pieces of content a day and we're over here hanging so out. So I yeah, I, I also don't get to travel I don't travel the world. Like I I mean we There's get, different yeah, I think for me to be the grass is always greener. Yeah. So for me that's that would be somewhat of a luxury. Um and, I, and I've never been an analytical person. Um I've never been someone who's thrives on stats or statistics or Which surprises right. me because you're so intellectual that Yeah, you're right. You would also almost... very just intuitive and go with the flow. Huh? And so I am that's how I And my intellectual side of me has come later on in life. So mm-hmm. I've been a late bloomer intellectually. So my I've really had to navigate my life from an intellectual perspective more recently and figure out what the hell to do with that more recently than anything. So I've always been a go with the flow guy. I've never really given a shit about most things, but I've always been carefree and Mm -hmm. very low stress, very low anxiety. Um, And I've had my very, I've had peaks and valleys of anxiety and depression and you know, quarter life crisis over the last couple of years, just because of career changes and certain situations that have happened within my own life. But as from being an analytical person or someone that tracks different things, um, I don't necessarily do it. Um, I consciously do a lot of things or I subconsciously do a lot of things just by nature. And so the spouse thing, like I, I naturally clean most things. I naturally gravitate mm-hmm. towards cooking most meals. I naturally do a lot of those things. I already very naturally take all my supplements, drink greens, eat very healthy, train if I'm home and not traveling. Like there's a lot of things that I naturally do that I don't necessarily track just because the habits are in place. The habits yeah. the habits are in place and if I did track them that's not necessarily me. I've never been someone who tracks things. I just, I just do them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, like we're all very, very different, um, but we all again have our own success in our own right. And so, yeah, I'm not a very analytical person. Um, It doesn't say, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't benefit from being more analytical, but I think for myself, I'm actively trying to do less and less and figure out what my sweet spot is with creation and consumption and coaching mm-hmm. and life things that are happening. And I'm currently just trying to to find a balance between what is too much for me, what do I actually desire in life, what makes me fulfilled and actually happy, mm-hmm. and what, am I acting out of external motivation or internal desire towards a certain goal and i'm currently trying to navigate that so like i was telling you guys like it's been very interesting because i've gone through kind of a rebuilding period over this last 10 11 months um and my plate's been a mix of like pretty full on and then really kind of hands off while i'm traveling and just kind of doing the bare minimum to pay the bills and Mm -hmm keep growing the business and things like that. Um, and thankfully I've helped from other colleagues to help kind of 
displace some of that responsibility, which does help a lot. Um, but currently, like, I think for myself, there's these seasons that I'm trying to recognize more and more that I go through that I just need to better ebb and flow. I better, I need to better show up for them. So I'll go through these periods where I feel very inspired to hustle and grind and crank out a lot of shit. And then I'll go through these periods of time where it's like for the next four months, I just want to do the bare minimum and snowboard two to three times a week and just fucking read and have ample amount of leisure time and work like three days per week. Right. And like, I, sometimes I just need three to four months of just that being my life Mm -hmm. to be able to dedicate the other eight to nine months to let's turn it on. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we can do. Because when I do that, shit happens and I can produce at a very high level. You periodize. It's basically what it is. And I'm learning to better period. I'm learning to better accept the periodization of it because in the past I've periodized, but I haven't accepted the season I'm currently in. So if I'm in a place where I'm wanting to produce my actual execution on production doesn't necessarily correlate with my motivation to produce, which then leaves me in a funk. Or if I'm in a place where I need to just fucking chill, I don't listen. And I core, I, I basically I'm in a place where I'm like, I need to chill mentally or subconsciously, but actively I'm like, I need to hustle. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, those haven't, those two things haven't historically communicated very well. And so basically I'm trying to have a better communication internally with the season I'm currently in. So I think, I think it's, it's crazy because everything is so individual because like listening to the speakers today, listen to some of the topics we've talked about, listen to that right there. We all have our own individual ways of doing things. And I do the exact same thing on the like periodization side of things on a much smaller scale. So like Monday through Friday, it's almost like I almost don't turn it off. Like I'm just like crazy. And then Saturday comes and it's like I literally am non-existent. I don't post mm. on social media. He's doing German volume story. training Monday through Friday. It's like literally like Saturday, that. Like with my business, with yeah. content and all that stuff, it's just like – to the point where sometimes it's a detriment to the point where like even Shannon's like, I can see your mind turning. Stop. Yeah. Like, you're also the breadwinner like, for okay. your family and a child. So me and him have a different luxury where we can well, be the, a little bit more lax sometimes. And you, on the other hand, I know I'm sure you have the pressure to, to whatever, keep right. doing your thing. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like, it's, and that's why the periodization for me right now works in a different way where it's like Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday's off. Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday's off. And of it's like, that's just like what my term of life has to be. And even like with the tracking shit where it's to the point where it's like for me, like I even some of the stuff that I track, like exercise, journal, greens, like I do that stuff second nature. I don't right. need to track that stuff. Yeah. But there's like two or three things on my daily track list that like if like as I'm like, oh, yeah, I did the journal. I did this. I see it. And I'm like, Fuck, OK, when am I going to do this? I have to do this. Like. Um, I hate saying this, but reconnect with a friend is one of my daily things. Mm. That's one of the ones that I like, I see and I'm like, Fuck, okay, I have to connect with somebody today. And I'm thankful for it because every time I do, it makes me feel so much better. Yeah. And the days I don't connect with an old friend or a colleague or somebody I used to work with or anything like that, I don't feel down, but I'm like, man, like that would have enlightened my day a little sure. bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah. 
it's one of those things where it's like the things that I'm really good at are easy to t- tackle off, but the things I'm not so good at, like having that list help me, you yeah, know? Absolutely. But absolutely boys. We're on two hours and four minutes right now. This is a Joe Rogan fucking Jesus Christ. This is this is great. This is honestly this is not what I was expecting, but I'm so glad that we ended up doing it. I think it was great. Um, Yeah, what do you want to do? I think well, the bottles done. So both bottles are done. Both bottles are done. For those of you listening, um, we're gonna order sushi, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And uh, fuck off. <laughs> oh wow all right then. yeah just so love you bye thanks out. love you bye thanks for listening yeah, yeah yeah thank you guys we really appreciate you and uh until next time we'll check you later and that is that my friends thank you so much for listening to another episode of the more than fitness podcast and please if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in itunes and also Take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at mattmcleod 6 I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, Also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.